Aristotle believed that during sleep, your soul roams free. What it sees are dreams. The skilled dreamers, well, they're able to control what they see. There's in fact a myth that there's two gates your soul can enter. One is a positive gate, the other a negative gate. The key element is that there's a dream master, someone who guards the positive gate and in fact protects the sleeping host. If you take a look at our town's history, it's not exactly a safe place to be a teenager. Look, there comes one of them now. Yeah. Little Stop it! You're I'm getting out of here. No. Welcome to 100 Lunatics, the podcast that examines horrors. Horrors. Last time it sounded like we were examining legendary whores. <laughs> horrors, legendary lunatics from birth to death to inevitable remake. I'm your dream master, Daniel, and sitting all alone in an entirely different country, the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 of the group, Nathan. Running! Running from this nightmare! Running! Hey, everybody. Here in okay. studio, our own white Kincaid, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, good. I'm the cool breeze of the group. Thanks. And back after a leave of absence, resident dream expert, Jasmine. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm, I'm dreaming right now. Uh -huh. All right. We are back to the Kruger saga for 1988's A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Nathan, you've already said that uh, this is a big steaming pile of trash for you. Not different from how you've approached every movie that we've come across so far. Running! Running from this nightmare! Running! He secretly likes it. That's why he knows all these songs. Mm hmm. He definitely likes that's, the soundtrack. That's sung. That's sung by Tuesday Night. Oh. It is. And speaking and, and of Tuesday wow. Night. And wow, what a way to open a movie. Speaking of Tuesday Night, we have a. First and last in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which is having one character played by two different actresses in two different movies. And no one really knows why Patricia Arquette didn't do this movie. They think she was pregnant. No, that's just what the generally accepted answer is. Right. I went searching in message boards, and that's not the be-all, end-all. There's more going on. She probably just was an unruly bitch, and she's like, pay me more. And they were like, no, it's not going to make that much that's... money. That's that's one of the things that's suggested in the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, mm -hmm. which I learned. Oh, so so one year after doing her first movie, <laughs> she's got the balls to say, I don't want to continue in this movie that made my career? Nope. Apparently. That's not how they worded it. Well, that's what... They, they worded it as the agent asked for more money, and not much more, just a little bit. And because of horror movies, how, how they how they work... They just said, oh, okay, you want more money? Get, get out of here. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I don't believe that because the budget for this film is much higher than the other films. Yeah, they probably got that other chick for half price. Mm -hmm. They spent it on all the uh, preparation 
which didn't actually go through on time before they, you know, scrambled and got some friend of Robert Eng- England's who does end up being a successful screenwriter at one point in his life. But at that point, he was a, he was a no one. He was a nobody. And they just, you know, gave him seven days to write the script. And, <laughs> and, and said, if you, if you handed it on Sunday, we don't want it. <laughs> and he met the deadline, which is evident in the film from the quality <laughs> of the screenplay. So, it was it was in fact written in seven days. Well, that's that's all that's, it takes. That's what that increased budget gets you, Daniel. It gets a really thought out screenplay <laughs> as a, as a starting base. But that's that's all it takes. Then that's all that you need is seven days to write a Nightmare on Elm Street script. Because, they write themselves, right? Yeah, because there's a lot going on in this film in comparison to some of the previous ones that had a much more preparation. So apparently, it doesn't take very much to make a quality horror film. Well, and you guys mentioned a, a larger budget. I'm trying to like think back through the entire movie in my head, and, and what scene in particular was like the larger budget evident? Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll point them out. Okay, like makeup and costume and stuff. Yeah. Even that, we've got a couple of upgrades to different things that are going on in this movie. You know what I think they spent the extra money on? <laughs> what I, I think they spent the entire three million extra dollars because that's what we're talking about here—a three million dollar extra from the last movie. So it's not like. It, you know, Daniel makes it sound like they, you know, opened up a new bank account and spent crap tons more money, but not really. Just three million extra dollars. That's and I think they spent almost it all. Double. They spent it all on double of four point five is seven. That's why I said almost. Can I can I get a Jesus confirmation Christ. of numbers? Uh, double can of, I, double a, of four point number crunch. Double of four point five is actually nine. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, thank you, Jonathan. Good Canadian math there. Thank you. So anyway, because it's not half and not even close to to double, um, I'm just going to say that the extra three million dollars was probably spent on marketing, trying to market and and uh, you know make money off the fact that the third one was actually successful and well received. As was this one. Uh, no, this one was successful because of the third one. See, <laughs> see the way that this no, no, works, no, no, Daniel, no, 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 is no, is a no, horror no. movie sequel or a sequel in any movie is. It, its success is dependent on the last entry. That's why after this movie, shit goes downhill. <laughs> no, no. If, if that was true, then the three shouldn't have made any money because people didn't like to. But three was, as you can tell from the intro from the podcast in which we talk about it, was the first independent movie to take over the box office. So I challenge you. I challenge you, sir. I challenge you. So, and don't pretend like you read more <laughs> behind the scenes stuff on these movies than I do. Um, I challenge this you. This movie is not only the, the most second grossing. movie was hated after the fact. The second movie was hated years later when people evaluated the series and said that's the flaming piece of shit. The only people that really hated the second one when it came out was Wes Craven and maybe some people close to the franchise, but that was it. And it was still successful. This movie made the most money until Freddy vs. Jason came out, two decades later almost. So the most successful, this is also uh, a competing fan favorite with number three. It's Robert England's favorite of the Mm. entire franchise. Because his buddy wrote it. Yeah, and it's also the most fun for him. He gets a lot of screen time. He gets a lot of lines. A lot of good Mm -hmm. lines. A lot of great special effects stuff going on in this movie. This 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 is where he becomes a clown. It's where he becomes truer Freddy. And he was kind of a clown anyway, you know? He was doing his, you know, snark little comments and... Okay, you know. Jonathan's right. He be, he started to become a clown in the third one. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that because the reception of the third one was so good and Freddy was, you know, obviously he's like a, a horror icon. I think it, at this point, you know, a lot of people really enjoyed his little punny lines and his little witty remarks and things like that. So just, you know, build on it. Yeah, he's the guy you love to hate. Yeah. I hate him, but he's funny. So I don't actually hate him. <laughs> That's why you know. <laughs> But he's like a child killer. So, you know, you got to kind of like not, it's not cool. But he's kind of funny. So you're like, all right. <laughs> Uh, I just want a quick recap on Freddy's evolution through the films. So one, pretty straightforward, right? Freddy can get you in your dreams. He's living mm-hmm. in your dream world. He kills you there. You die in real life. That's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Once you strip your fear belief away, he's rendered weak and yeah. has to go suck his and, thumb for a while and regain strength. And the wounds that happen in the dream world are real. Right. You wake up with those wounds in real life, correct? Yes, I know what you're getting at. Hold that off until we get there in the walkthrough. Okay. Um, in number <laughs> in number two, we have sort of a weird sidestep where Freddy, instead of trying to get everyone in their dreams, is instead trying to take over one person and use him to kill people in the real world. Sort of taking a backseat, maybe regaining his strength from uh, his encounter with Nancy. Mm-hmm. We get into part three. He's back, super powerful. He can affect things He's operating back within the dream world again, but he can also affect things outside of the dream world, which we saw when he passes um, the guy through the door, the puppeteer, the guy that he has by his arteries. He makes him walk face through the door. So he's got some sort of overleak, and he can also come back in the real world inside of his own skeleton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But is that directly linked only to the arena of his burial ground? That seems to be the case. Is his power only strong enough there to, to act out in the real world. Not only that, he also possessed his own bones. Like he right, but was be- bones and collected and then hit the guy or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. but because his yeah, bones Yeah, she's introducing in the, yeah. the concept of possession here. He has the ability to possess the bones. Is he actually, are those bones alive or is, or is his spirit, is his okay. entity possessing the bones? Yeah. Yeah, possession is very possible. That seems to be what he was doing with Jesse as well. Yeah. And now that we're into four... There's a whole bunch of shit going on. Because in part three, we were introduced to the, not just dream powers, but uh, Kristen's ability to draw others into her dream. Right? Right. That's a big deal. And now, in part four, we're not just dealing with that, but also dealing with a dream master that can (laughs) absorb other people's powers. So, we're expanding. The lore is getting bigger. The abilities are getting bigger. Freddy's powers are getting bigger. The whole Nightmare on Elm Street universe is just flat out getting bigger. There are more powers. And I got to say, though, like, Alice's ability to, like, build on other people's powers that Freddy has killed, right? The powers that she's taking over are kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least in three, people were coming up with, like, super strength and I'm a wizard and shit like that. In this one, not so much. Like, th- these people don't realize that they actually have powers in their dreams, I guess. I think it was more like she was absorbing their personality. Because, yeah. like, it was just stuff they did. It, it was before Freddy and, like, you know, the guy does this kung fu and that was just his thing. And Brent, or Debbie wanted to just work out. Like, that was her thing, you know. And so, and uh, Sheila, the geeky girl, she, you know, she just kind of, like, absorbed their personalities and, like, the way they were and kind yeah, of the their, stuff they their said. their traits and mannerisms yeah. and stuff, kind of, yeah. Yeah, there's no indication that these are dream powers. Only yeah. that they are real world things yeah. that they do. All right, to the walkthrough. <laughs> red, 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 red. Red, 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 red. 
time. Listen to this. You'll bust the ride. Fred Krueger of the myth, but Fred Krueger the man. It doesn't matter because I'm still rapping about him, understand? So sit back, Jack, I'm going to bust the rhyme. Grab a hole in your face, it's Krueger time. It's time for Fred. See, I'm a popular guy. If you don't know yet, you're going to find out why. All right. Uh, we open up on another quote. Yeah, it's from the book of Job. From the book of Job. It's a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. It's a quote, right? It's not a quote. It's a Bible verse. It's a quote from the Bible. <laughs> it's a quote from the Bible. No, Job said this. It's a quote. Yeah, it's a Job's quote. When deep sleep falleth on men, fear come upon me in trembling, which made all my bones to shake. I kind of like that, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one thing that I do appreciate these about these Nightmare on Elm Street movies is, you know, the heavy quotes at the beginning. I mean, we had Poe at the beginning of part three, and now mm-hmm. we have Job's talking about his dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Job's quote. Job's quote. Uh, there's a little girl. She's wiping away some dirt on the sidewalks so that she can chalk in a picture of Nancy's house. And, Nathan, who's that singing that song in the background? Tuesday night. Tuesday night. <laughs> Sounds like a porn yeah. star. What a terrible name. Replacement star for uh, Patricia Arquette's role of Kristen Parker. That is correct. I was very confused in the first five minutes. I was like, who is this bitch? And how does she already know Freddie? And they (laughs) called her, Kincaid called her Kristen. And I was like, oh. Oh. She calls herself Kristen before that. She goes inside the house and she calms herself down. She says, calm down, Kristen. Mm Mm-hmm. After looking back at the standard picturesque scene of the kids with the jump rope which i no longer like because now they're abusing it and it's <laughs> it was it was done poorly in this one and it sucks so creepy little blonde kids it didn't have like yeah. the, the ghost the effect dresses. kind of fade on it the slow-mo that you like no. it's supposed to be in front of you not you're not supposed to look back at it it's supposed to be presented before you that's that's my main issue with it Oh, as a warning instead of as a farewell? No, no, it feels like they, they just like threw it in. Like, no, no, oh shit, we forgot. Oh, oh crap, we forgot the jump rope scene. Quick, we'll just make her look back and then we'll do it in the background. Like they threw it in at the last second. It feels rushed, okay? feels rushed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she now she's walked into the house. Why? Why Why does she just walk in? She's she's drawn there. You know? I mean, it seems like this entire movie, like Freddy is like pulling them back into the house like any way that he can, mm-hmm. you know, but... She just walks in. Yep. That's his house. He lives there. No, that was Nancy's house. He had nothing to do with the fucking house. <laughs> right. And and now, now all of a sudden his boiler room is in the basement and shit. No, it's not. It's in the factory outside of town. Right, but there's a miniature boiler room Where in the basement of Nancy's. Where the glove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want to point out here the film-to-film increasingly aggressive tricycle. Yeah, that is in these movies. You start off in the earlier films with it just kind of being there as a creepy kid's toy, mm-hmm. and then you have it rolling in on like streaks of blood in one of the films, and then it's in like one of one of the scenes. Face. I think in three, it's like melting. Uh, yep. And then now you have it just like tumbling down the fucking stairs. Yeah, yeah. Is this like an example, maybe a, re- a reflection of Freddy's anger? It is. He's becoming increasingly frustrated. Yeah. Frustrated. How did I not get these motherfuckers last movie? He says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll hire my own writer to change all the rules <laughs> so that I can have even more power and do more ridiculous things. It's not a That's whole, the answer. Not a whole lot of rule changing in this. Mm-hmm. Um, we have rule adding. 
Right. Well, Sorry. Freddy's always expanding his powers. You know? mm-hmm. He's growing. He's changing. <laughs> he's changing character. He is. He's learning. He's he's, he's developing he's just growing. like everyone else. Yeah. He's, he's he's a growing character. <laughs> he he's is developing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She thinks that she sees Freddy's the shadow of Freddy's glove against the wall, but then it's just like a really perfectly fingered tree <laughs> branch that's outside. And then the window just explodes just, in her face. It just explodes in her face, and it knocks her the fuck back. Yeah. Like she just flies into the boiler room. Flies. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I was worried for the stunt woman, because that, that window explodes. Yeah. There's no, like, that's like 1980s, like, oops, oh, the pyro guy fucked up a little good. <laughs> we had to use real glass to make it look real. Yeah. She gets knocked down, or she gets knocked into the Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Like, there's swinging <laughs> chains all over the goddamn place. <laughs> Kristen's freaked out. She's walking around. She does that thing that she does where she pulls other people into her dream. I feel so bad for these guys. Right? Kincaid and Joey, they're just trying to have a good night's sleep. You know? Probably just jerked off. Passed out in their race car bed. In their water bed. And then, boom. Kincaid and Joey both get pulled in. Oh, man. They're not happy. Kincaid falls through, like, the sewer (laughs) tube. Yeah. More, More importantly here is their reaction to it. It's like... Kristen, you, you dumb bitch, you gotta stop pulling us into your dreams. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh my god, again? It's like a big thing. More importantly, though, is the fact that these people were in a mental institution. Were. Yeah. No longer. And I'm just saying, they were in a mental, in- mental institution for the trauma caused by their dreams. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the end of the third movie, with all that crazy shit that went down, they're just okay now? Back to normal life at high school. Nothing's wrong now. Well, yeah, they oh, all believe Freddie's gone. He died. Silly, silly bitch drawing us into your dreams. <laughs> well, because it was just... like sleep mental like health, right? Because they weren't sleeping. Like, these kids need help sleeping. So then after Freddie yeah. dies, like, all right, we can sleep now. It's cool. Freddie's yeah. dead. Yeah, no more problems. And Everybody's Kin- cured. And Kincaid brings it up, too. He's like, bitch, what are you still freaking out about? <laughs> he is dead. He's buried and consecrated. Yeah. Things are just a little too warm and fuzzy for me. It, okay. The, All right. The thing that bugs me the most about this scene is just how limited were their prescription refills of hypnosil? Right? I mean, mm-hmm. they've been through all this traumatic shit. Now they're on this drug where they can't dream, right? And here she is fucking dreaming again. They must have taken it off the market. Off now. the market, not FDA approved, you know. <laughs> it did not pass the trial. Dr. Test. Carver wrote a note. <laughs> yeah. To the FDA, and it was gone. He was outraged. You see how outraged he was. He was like, "I'm outraged that you could do this." Man, think about like done all the like financial market implications. All these people like from Wall Street betting on Hypnosil because <laughs> yeah. because of all these newspaper articles coming out of like some. When, when do they when do they indicate that they're they're still on the drug? If Freddie's dead and all the problems are behind them, then they don't need the drug anymore. They don't. That's why it never comes up again. Yeah, they <laughs> never mention it in this movie. Although, honestly, it's probably because of that. All that bad press. Nancy died. She's the one promoting the hypnosis. And they're like, do you hear that case where all those kids took that hypnosis and they all died? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should take that shit off the market. And so, just, just to compare this to Friday the 13th for a second, why aren't they moving away, you know? Like at least the character in Friday the Thirteenth like tries to you know displace herself away from the oh yeah three kilometers away from the lake <laughs> yeah well at least try you know at least try to move you know there's there's trauma associated with the events that happened here Elm Street's a shitty place to live a lot of people are fucking dying it well, is you know maybe maybe a lot of people would move away and they would stop it's funny because Rick even brings that up later. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that Actually, point, I was but. questioning that, too, because I'm like, how are all these kids now going to the same school when they didn't know each other before? And, like, 
she seems to be back at home with her mom. Kristen does, mm-hmm. and yeah, now yeah, they're the all like Ugh. live by each other and go to the same school. Like how did that happen? I don't know. It wasn't happening before. <laughs> but yeah, the mom like really cares about where she is. <laughs> yeah, but Joey Kristen ah, gets back in the car, <laughs> peels out. But Joey, Joey's tired of all this getting pulled into dreams and bullshit. So he's like, "Listen, Kristen, look, the pipes—they're cold. All right, okay. nothing's Touch going it. on. Freddy's dead." And then, boom, out jumps Kincaid's dog. His dog. Who was also dreaming, I guess. Yeah. And. I think he jumped in after him because, like, Kincaid falls backwards out of the chair. And right before that, the dog's like, and then he jumps. And I think he, oh, he falls back and then he, like, jumps after him. So then he ends up in the dream. Right. But Kincaid falls back because he's dreaming also. Yeah. So the dog would have to, like, just also fall asleep. And then get sucked (laughs) in by Kristen into the dream with them. And then hop out of the tube and bite her on their arm. Which she wakes up. The dog's got blood all over his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then she's got a cut in her arm. And right? She does a great job, right, Jasmine? Yeah. Of triaging that wound. Yeah, she oh. covers her hand. <laughs> she starts at the wrist and makes her way almost to the wound. Stops and lays down. Yeah. Not quite enough sheet to make it to the wound. <laughs> you know, Tuesday night is so terrible with this. It's, it's back to the whole, like, I have to block what I'm doing. Or I have to, you know... In this scene, I have to wrap my bandage around my arm. Mm-hmm. She's not, like, getting into the act of, of actually bandaging her yeah. arm. Right. Not like she gets up and washes it off and cleans it or anything. She's like, I'm just going to cover yeah. it. And it's, it's the dramatic act of, of just wrapping the bandage. She acts out everything. Even later in the movie, she's, like, going. She's stumbling from blocking scene to blocking scene to blocking scene. Or, or blocking position to position to position because of the overhead camera shot with the, with the sleeping pills. And it's like, you know... Ugh. There's no, there's no buy-in to anything, any of what she's doing ever. Like, she's just a loser. She's a, a pretty terrible, terrible actress. actress, and I'm pretty sure every picture that her friends have her up on the wall is her having like a frowny face. I don't think that bitch smiles one time in this whole movie. <laughs> and she's a sad sack. Yeah, and, and in the you pictures know, though, you know. I gotta say, for for a guy who just cannot speak in the previous movie, movie Joey is pretty fucking aggressive with his speech in this movie. He's over his fear now. Yeah, I yeah, but I mean, there, there's there's being over your fear and, you know, having normal conversations. But like in the dream when he's like, look, the boiler's cold. He like takes her hand and like shoves it on the boiler. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, he's gotten. Oh, he's grown up. He's had some learning experiences. He's, he's a man his hair out. All the like, confidence from that beautiful bane. Yeah, oh, yeah. made of hair. He's like, ah. Oh. <clears throat> All right, let's okay. move on. Enough backtracking. Um, <laughs> pop music. We have a full on soundtrack here. Done are the days of the score. I think we get a small <laughs> smidge of it at the beginning when uh, Kristen's walking down towards the house. And that's pretty much it. It's pop music and rap music the rest of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's stopping off over at Alice's house. She's going to pick up her friend Alice and her boyfriend Rick, boyfriend Rick, Alice's brother. And we're introduced to Alice and Rick's dad, Drunk Mr. Father. Johnson, the piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yep. He's just an asshole. Won't even return a hello you know, <laughs> at, the, at the door when uh, <clears throat> when Kristen walks up. He just looks at her <laughs> with disgust and walks away. Alice pops out wearing completely conservative clothing. Like the kind of clothing a girl would wear if she was trying to hide her pregnancy. <laughs> and the dad is like, you're wearing that? Like, basically calling her a slut. She's like, she's like, what is it this time? And he just... 
I mean, rolls his eyes and walks away. It's your, it's your below knee skirt and your completely covered shirt with jacket. Maybe he's like, you're not slotted up enough. You're in high school, girl. Show off the assets. So I can get you out of this house. Mm, that's what it is. <laughs> or he wants her in just full burka. Yeah. Yeah. Eye slit only. It's almost like the character is so one-dimensional that it was written in a day or two. <laughs> She sure is covered up a lot for springtime. Oh, they've all ran a lot of clothes in this whole movie. I'm like, what is going on here? This is yeah. obviously 20 years ago. Yeah, ja- Jasmine, you seem very upset by the, all the way the women were dressed in this so movie. So much clothing. Um, <laughs> and then the guys have on little shorts and like white feeder muscle shirts and stuff. And it's funny. Lots of guy <laughs> thigh, no cleavage. Yeah. Right. Um, Rick, who I always think for a split second every time he enters a scene is someone from 90210. <laughs> Just for a second, I think he's like Brian Austin Green. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. And I thought he was Rob Lowe for like a half <laughs> I, I could see that too. I could see that too. Rob Lowe. But he pops out of the second story window and then drops down. He doesn't want to come into contact with Dad because Dad's been popping aspirin like popcorn. It's a no contact yeah, day. You know, it's a no aspirin. contact day. That's right. Let's see. We get to school. We're introduced to Debbie, who's... I can't quite tell if they're trying to push her off as like a, a slut or if they're trying to push her off as like butch. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure. Like she's supposed to be like the tough girl, yeah. right? But how can you be a tough girl if you fucking love Dynasty so goddamn much? Yeah, and you're 90 pounds, and you love hooking up with like I guess she. I can't quite tell what they're aiming for. Uh, do they want the dikey lesbian or do they want the ditzy slut? I she can't. She did have like a cut off shirt thing going on. Yeah, and like very weird. tight skirt. Yep. Nathan? And the... This whole thing pisses me off because they're not really direct <laughs> friends. It's it's like it's like Cardigan is kind of a loner. No, but they're and... all friends. She has the pictures on the wall of all of them hanging out over the years. You know. Yeah. They're yeah. friends. They work at the diner together. They work at the diner, yeah. They're friends, man. I don't know. It just doesn't come across that way. It feels like Rick is the conduit to her social mm-hmm. atmosphere. Or sorry, Daniel saw it. And uh, I don't know. It feels like they're more of acquaintances. They're not really direct friends because she spends all of her time at the diner. She doesn't socialize with people that much. So well, it just doesn't. I don't know. I don't feel a community of friendship here. And so they're all at the in the high school parking lot at this point. And then here comes like this awkward quasi nothing of a character, <laughs> Sheila. Sheila, and in her little scooter that just burns diesel like nothing. Oh, billowing mm-hmm. smoke. Right, mm-hmm. and which plays well with her asthma, so that's <laughs> why they can say that she has asthma because her bike is so smoky, right? But what is she like? What is her point? She's well, she's there to help Debbie with her trig homework because of Debbie's dynasty addiction. Yeah, again, she's the nerdy friend that they yeah. hang out with. Again, she's in the pictures and stuff. They kind of talk about it later, but they're like, you know, she's the nerdy friend they hang out with. She like she might have a little bit of a crush on Debbie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe she helps her with her homework all the time. She knows yeah. stuff about her personal life. She yeah. gives her gifts that she makes herself at home. That's mm-hmm. true. Okay, do you remember back in number three when I commented on the existence of a certain character? Her her only reason for existing was because of the death scene that was created for the character. That is an, This is another indication of that. The only reason why this character exists is because of her death scene. Mm-hmm. They needed a nerdy character for that specific moment, and it was written backwards. It was uh, it was reverse engineered. Possibly, and that's fine because it yeah. works. So okay, after so we're yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. So after yeah. we've we've met Sheila, we were introduced to her. Then uh, Dan 
Dan pops out of his truck in slow-mo. Um, Debbie is on it first, right? Oh, man. Well, Allison Debbie's has her like, daydream first. What a to- major league hunk? or Major league hunk. Major yeah. league hunk. She has a little daydream first where she daydreams that he walks up to no, her. No, no, this something. is Debbie the slut sees him first and says, this guy's a major league hunk. And then Alice has her daydream. Mm-hmm. Where oh, she's, she's like, it oh, just yeah, calls him straight to his face. You are a major league hunk. And, mm-hmm. of course, Dan's, like, kind of flattered and, like, <laughs> and then right out of it. Right. So now we know Alice has a daydreaming thing. <laughs> yeah. This is new. This was actually exciting. I did. I like the idea of daydreaming. daydreaming. Still dream. Yeah, still dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They brought it in. It reminded me of Blade. You know, I was like, oh, she's a daywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Daydreamer. Here it, comes. Here it comes. Special powers associated with being a day, a daywalker, yeah. a daydreamer. They don't really use it that way. Kind of just like. I know they don't. No, they. Yeah, they. I know they, they back <laughs> they, off a they, little bit. They yeah. disappointed and, and failed me yet again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we've got what. Um, Kristen at her locker. I don't know. First, huh? first the little foreshadowing. Debbie pulls. Is she eating apricots? Is that what she's eating? Uh, it's like dried can, apricots. There's a bug on it. Yeah. She, either like, way, she oh, pulls okay. out whatever little gummy candy she has in her sack. There's uh-huh. a bug on it. Tosses it on the ground. Stomps it out. Rick, who's like an environmentalist or something, comes over and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, psycho! Why don't you back off from killing that bug so hard?" That was weird <laughs> to me. And. Um, yeah, it's just weird that Rick was so visibly upset. Right. Like, who gives... I would never stop you. Like, whoa, Jonathan, holy crap. You're really killing that bug hard. Did you sleep good last night? What's going on with you? <laughs> I think you know time. why... You know why the bug was killed that hard? Yes, we do. little foreshadowing, yeah. Or to expose what Debbie's fear is. And then now we're in, in the hallway. Kristen at, at her locker, right? Just digging through her locker a little bit. Closes the locker and right there is cool breeze and joey cool breeze. just confronting her in person like, like what the fuck dude you gotta stop doing that you're fucking on my beauty sleep <laughs> i just thought that was just so funny just them confronting her at the locker and then you know rick comes by after they're done like you know giving her shit and they're like whoa they're so fucking creepy and weird yeah, yeah it is weird because it's weird first that they just like instead of walking up behind her and tapping her on the shoulder they just appear behind her locker yeah she closes it was that for shock value? Yeah, for drama. You yeah, know. a little bit drama. Closes it and they're there. And then is there maybe something with Kristen and Joey? <laughs> Did a, a little bit? Or at least there is. I think Joey might like Kristen. <laughs> oh, and they don't hang out with each other. They're not friends with each other no, but in they a went social through, atmosphere. They went through a traumatic experience together. You know, they like almost died. Yeah, they tried close. to kill them. Yeah. They, you know, live together. They're close even if they don't hang out all yeah. the time. But we've... Who are those guys? Oh, those are the guys I spent time with a mental institution with. <laughs> yes, well, like they mean a lot to me. We went through a lot together. We go way back. Like she gives very vague references to why they're around and why they seem to pop up every now and then. But she knows them, but she doesn't hang out with them. All right, cut over. Because Alice I... is doing dishes, and Rick is displaying his white guy karate oh, all over the basement. <laughs> he he does a brilliant job with this karate scene too. I mean, he's full into it shows that he's a nunchuck champion mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know and at the end of this little karate montage he takes off his little headband and bows to it that's right I mean, he's he's all into this yeah little punk rock music in the background Fuck yeah i was sitting there thinking was was this cool back in the 80s like when when a when a teenager watched this in the movie theater in the 80s did they actually you know i mean he was he's semi-attractive right and he's been doing these karate moves. Did that make him cool? Was that was that the effect? I don't the, think it was desired effect here. I'm not sure if it was necessarily like that's so cool what he's doing, but it's more like oh, that's totally what I'd be doing in my room if I was at home right now in 1988 and I was bored. 
Well, also, I mean, isn't it around the same time as Karate Kid? Yeah, Karate Kid's out. I mean, a lot when of... When did Karate Kid come out? When did that happen? I don't know. 87. I'm making that up. in the mid-80s. 87, yes. <laughs> 87. Uh, this movie came out in, uh, in 88, so it must have come out in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly or, my thought process. While he's doing his karate, he goes out in the garage, take a little break. Dad pulls up. Dad gets out of the car, screwing the cat back onto a bottle of liquor. Yeah. Dude, this Still this, this <laughs> franchise so very liberal with their drinking and driving. Oh, oh so yeah. Much. I mean, it it makes me think that everyone in this fucking town who was involved with Freddy whatsoever is just like drinking and driving. All right. So dad, dad is late, and because he's late, he's got to eat some bullshit salad. That his daughter just messily put together after his 10-hour work day. Ellis' face. Rabbit food? Uh-huh. Contracts. Yeah. <laughs> Alice goes into, like, a requiem for a dream-like state of wishing vengeance or imagining, fantasizing vengeance upon her father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Rick has to console her. The dad's pissed off. Look, you can't even, like, take my abuse correctly. <laughs> you're, you're daydreaming while I'm abusing you. God damn. I understand the dad's frustration. <laughs> Now we're over to Kincaid. Kincaid has got a bunch of darts in his baseball glove for some reason. <laughs> Throwing them at the dartboard. Uh, falls asleep. Have, have we pointed out that his dog's name is Jason? Yes. At this yes. point. Just get like, Jason. He comes, he's on the bed with him. Mm-hmm. Coincidence or shout out? I don't know. I think it's a shout out because the dog is obviously possessed by Freddy. So there's a connection there. Well, actually, there is in the beginning that like he's laying in his bed. He thinks he's falling asleep, and the door opens, and there's a shadow. You're like, oh, man. But then he wakes up, looks, and it's the dog. And it's like, oh, hey, Jason, you scared me. Come come mm-hmm. lay with me. It's okay. mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, no, it's a shout-out with a mini trope. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, and for those of you keeping count of how many times Jonathan is wrong, Karate Kid was uh, came out in 1984. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so it was What about was Karate Kid 2? Because I think that was bigger. <laughs> so the Karate Kid came Stop out before. Stop trying to help. <laughs> so Karate Kid came out before, and now karate's massively popular. Yeah. That's what I was Too getting strong. at. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Right, and now we're getting to business. Because when Kincaid falls asleep again and wakes up again, or fake wakes up again, he's in a trunk in the salvage yard of where Freddy's burial ground is. Mm-hmm. Gets out of the trunk. Jason the dog is digging at where the body might be buried that you can kind of remember from part three. Right. He also screams for Kristen. He's like, Kristen! Mm-hmm. And then he's the dog is reacting very violently to Kincaid. He's and like, then hey. pisses fire. Just straight fire. Pisses fire. Yes. And cracks the earth open <laughs> and exposes Freddy's bones, which... Mm-hmm. Reassemble. Talk about or laying there, just like hanging out. You yeah. didn't like the you didn't like the dog pissing fire. Come on, <laughs> I laughed my ass off when it happened. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was hilarious, but it, it you okay. Know. But what is the purpose of it? Why why, why does the dog need to piss fire for that to happen? The burning fire the cracks the ground open to hell. Yeah. No 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 no, 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 no. This is a defense reaction of the burial site itself. The dog is taking a piss because it knows that it is, it is on top of something that is important enough to be dominated and claimed. So it's just trying to claim it with its normal pee, and then the protection mechanism of the site itself makes the pee set on fire, probably hurting the dog, and then inspiring enough rage in Freddy to wake up and break the earth open. Yeah, because well, the dog does seem very startled by the fire coming out of his piss. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to take a piss, and it's like, whoa! And then, like, Tampoline takes it back off and runs away. It's like, there's fire. <laughs> and, we, and we don't see Jason again after this, do we? I, I think this is the end of okay. Jason. Pisses fire and I need, runs the fuck away. I need the I need I need I need the floor here for a minute. 
Daniel, that is a very I didn't I didn't see that one coming. That was a I, you deserve a little bit of credit for that. Um, but that is not the best ex- explanation I have heard about the pissing fire. Oh, mine was on the spot. What else you got? I know that was that was great. That was great bullshit you just spun. That was great bullshit you just spun about you know dumb trying to uh, feeling the uh, yeah the the carnal instinct to right to to you know command that space, but. The best description I've heard is that because it is hallowed ground, because he was buried and they used the whole holy water thing in Dream Warriors to make it hallowed ground, Mm -hmm. that the dog pissing, it's like Freddy took possession of the dog and desecrated the hallowed ground, separating its its, its ability to be hallowed, Mm -hmm. therefore giving birth or rebirth to Freddy. I got it. That, That makes sense. It's not bad. I, I'd go with that over over Daniels. <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought that was actually a good argument. Nope, Nate, you got me. I'm on I'm on your side for this one. I like it. Either one will work. Yeah, Daniel, yours was bullshit. Nathan wins. You, you got a dog pissing on hallowed ground, bringing but, Freddy but back to life. Nathan is just reading somebody else's bullshit. <laughs> no, that's not my bullshit. I know I it's somebody else's. I don't I don't lay claim to any of those. Be that I as it may, that that Daniels was on the spot and it deserves credit, but. Uh, but I think the other explanation is better. Oh, man. And here we have Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dream Master meets the reanimator. And <laughs> Freddy just reassembles like some cryptic, horrific Voltron character. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Okay, I love it. I think it's a great scene where like all his veins come in. And he's, well, he starts with the bones and they get a little muscle mass. And so they're layering it on, you know. So they get to the mold of his face and his eyes pop in. It's one of my favorite parts. Okay, so it's almost as good a reassembling into a form scene as the one in the original Hellraiser. Almost. It, and so this is where I'm thinking all the extra budget went into. This yeah. one scene. And two, why the fuck is Cool Breeze still standing there? Right. It's captivating like, watching and they something failed. like that. Can, they failed to execute this scene to its to its max. Like, there's just... No, no, I think this was its max. What you saw was no, no, the max. No, 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 no. He, lift, he, he takes the hat off the ground, yeah. right? He pulls his hat out of the dirt, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it shows his shadow, and he's already got the hat on. They total missed opportunity. Of, like, the shadow the, putting on the, the shadow hat. should show him putting his hat on and, like, fitting his hat to his then head. Then he is complete. Well, why was the hat buried with the bones? Where did the hat come from? Because when they buried the bones, it was just the bones. Yeah, not really. It could have gotten left over in some of those many, many times that they cross back and forth between the dream world and the real world. That's Hats a good point, popping and out all also, the time. Also, how come they didn't show the... It. How come they didn't show the sweater getting reverse-engineered, you know? Like, threading itself together. <laughs> they didn't bury the glove with him. Like, when the Bones were fighting uh, What's-Her-Name's dad at the end of Part 3, there he didn't have no, the that, glove. That, that's why you see the glove kind of, like, spark into existence instead of dragging across yeah. the sand and yeah like, like screech lightning like <laughs> glove mm-hmm. yeah, he needs there's, that there's some fuzzy things going on right there what i thought was the real missed opportunity was to make his face look like he was actually saying his return line yeah you know because he says what does he say um oh you, you shouldn't have buried me i'm not dead yeah and it it's an okay line but when they've show his face it looks like it's been 80 yard yeah like his lips aren't moving it's just a kind of a still shot of his face and then mm-hmm. you shouldn't have buried me i'm not a dead yeah mm-hmm. and then 
That's a terrible return line. That's the best thing they could come up with. Yeah, they, yeah it, it, it could have been better. Simple, I'm back. Yeah. Freddie's back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look at you spin this positive twist to it. You know, it, it, was, it was okay. Yeah, it could have been better. No, it sucked. It was a terrible line. <laughs> Well, that's what you get for spending 45 seconds on a return line. Exactly. They gave him seven days. I mean, (laughs) poor guy. (laughs) He took 45 seconds out of the seven days. It was probably three o'clock in the morning on the first day because he had spent that entire time drinking and wondering what the fuck he's going to do with this story. No, it's the one line that he couldn't come up with. All right. He, He left it blank. And throughout the rest of the week, you know, all of all of his drinking sessions and his cigarette breaks and 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 the times that he went to the bathroom, he was just like thinking, 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 overthinking it. And at the end of the week, he was just like, uh, uh, I gotta hand it in. Uh, you shouldn't have buried me. I'm not dead. No, actually, no. it kind of seems like they <laughs> yeah. may not have had it even then because maybe they didn't know the line or maybe they weren't gonna have a line and they added it in later because his mouth doesn't move at all. He's just kind of there. So maybe there was just a scene of a comeback scene and he didn't have a line. They're like, we'll just add it in later. Yeah, we'll, come, ex- we'll figure something out. Ex- like a film extension of what Nathan was no. just yeah. like, same thing. I, I think Except we're it was not much later. Yeah, I, I don't think we're giving robert england enough credit i think he improvised this line in post-production mm-hmm. and this is what he had yeah that's what i'm saying it came much later like yeah. they had already filmed the movie and they're like oh shit he didn't we didn't put that comeback line in there so yeah. what are we gonna go with and then they just came up with something and dubbed you know it what in. i say i say d all the above those all <laughs> sound good to me um a lot more special effects money here with all the different cars going off engines turning on cars sitting on fire and moving all around the junkyard and then you, there's a big long pan out shot of Kincaid screaming for Kristen, and he's on this like nightmare planet that is only say, a thing. salvage yard. It's Kristen, salvage Freddy's yard. back, screams as loud as he can. That's yeah. right. And then Freddy, boom, just stabs him in the chest, really shoves it in there. Oh, Poor Cool Breeze. Poor Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze is over. And then we go, we go over to him in the real world, you know, kind of sitting up in bed and like experiencing that fatal last stab in the stomach. Did they, and here we go. Everybody did they, did they spend all the money on Freddy reanimating and like they just didn't have another five bucks for red corn syrup? Well, no, because Freddy has a couple scenes of good like animation molding things yeah, coming out. But it, you know, in this but. particular scene, every other death we've had up until now, we they take their wounds over into the real world when they mm-hmm. die. So he should be covered in blood. Should yeah. be. But he's not. He's not at all. Just dies internally or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it. I guess we'll get to this with, with the next death, but it seems like whatever happens when you die in Freddy's world isn't necessarily what happens in real life. Right? Or That's not how you die. Blood. Huh? Or they're afraid of blood from a rating standpoint. Oh, no. There's Let's not, not get back not to the blood. MPAA. <laughs> we, all, we all understand no. that they're huge pieces of shit, and we all fucking hate them and wish them a painful death. But That's fine, but I'm saying you, you tell me a point in this movie where there's blood. So, my theory on why there is no blood on Kincaid in the real world when he wakes up is that this is Freddy's first murder back from consecrated death. Not that strong. He's not that strong yet. I think he has just enough power to sap the life out of Kincaid, but not enough for his wounds to carry over yet. Needs that soul. Really? You like? You think he needs a ramping up period? Yeah, you he know, does. He's gonna collect some souls to get up to power. You know, he's been buried yeah, in the ground used, and like that chest holy is water on him. He was pretty hurt yeah, he after used, the last one. <laughs> he used the last of his power to possess the dog. Yeah, right. That's a it's the last juice he had left. He's like fire pee. <laughs> 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 Terrible. 
Yeah, you, you know what? You're right, Daniel. Yeah, let's just violate everything that's happened before this movie and, and make up an excuse for it. There you go. Then we cut over to Joey, who's reading Rolling Stone magazine, watching MTV, kind of dipping in and out of sleep a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get a nice uh, shot of that poster of the fake supermodel. Mm-hmm. What did you find on this, Nathan? We tried to look up that supermodel. We couldn't find anything. I think it's fake. Oh, I didn't even worry about. I think it's who fake. She was because um, the name in the credits is not the same as the name on the poster. Oh, so we're trying to read know. the poster, and I was like, something in C. I kind of just caught the first letters because they were scribbled. But then in the credits, they named her as the pinup girl or something like that, and she has a completely different name. There's only one thing that can be said about this scene. What? And that's, and that's Joey is the only character that really knows. How to dream. <laughs> that's true. Yes, is, that's true. This is a decent dream. Yeah. Like a naked girl coming up under your waterbed. It's an well, awesome and, dream. And yeah, it is. Joe, great sequence. Joey's obviously sex crazed too because in part three he had the dream about the nurse. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's He's been involved with the boobs in this franchise. Freddie Freddy knows sure. how to get Joey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I got you before. I'll get you again. Just need a pair of tits. That's yeah, all it tits takes. In there. Joey's not concerned at all about this chick that's drowning on the inside of his yeah, bed, right? <laughs> he's just too busy it's trying to dream. fuck her. I think at this point, that's yeah, right. he realizes it's a dream. He's yes. like, oh, yeah, wait, wait. Is she in the poster? She's not in the poster. She's in the bed. Okay, good. How do I get her out? <laughs> and he starts yeah. looking for yeah, something. That's, that's a good point. He looks, he looks over to the poster. And she's gone off the poster, and then that's like a confirmation for him that it's that it's her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, Freddie pops out of the bed. Mm-hmm. They get into a little struggle. Freddie says, um, "How's this for a wet dream?" <laughs> I See? Say also, that's awesome. earlier he that's did say, one. "I have better things to dream about." When they confront Kristen in the hallway, and they're like. God, why are you fucking up our sleep? He's like, we got better things to dream about. And like, Joey is the one who says that line. And of course, he's the one who has better things to dream about. <laughs> all, he, all, he, all he does is dream about tits. Hey, he's, you know, he's a growing he's a teenage boy. Of course. You know? He's like, Kristen, if you want to pull me into your dreams, just show me your tits. Yeah, just be yeah. naked, okay, when I get there. <laughs> yeah, make it worthwhile. <laughs> right? Drown slash bloody water. Boom. Goodbye. Joey. He is right. They don't actually show his death. The like Freddie takes him down and then there's like a surge of blood in one section of the mm-hmm. bed, so you assume he's dead. Then Kristen's at school. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. no. We, Alice is admiring her little photo collage on the right, mirror. Yeah. Right. And um You guys have no time. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to see herself. <laughs> yeah, so she covers the mirror with pictures. Right. There oh, is yeah. there is a, a a thing going on with this mirror throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't catch it the first time through, but I caught it this time, right? The mirror starts off completely covered mm-hmm. with all the photos. Mm-hmm. And then as her friends die off, she removes their photos from the mirror, right? Until right. finally exposing her, her full reflection to herself at the end when she's all badass, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, the mirror comes into play later. Right. But for right now, the mirror's full of pictures. Rick comes in. Hey, what's wrong, sis? You know what I like to do when I'm sad? <laughs> I like to do some white guy karate. Well, he's like, you got to stick up for yourself, too. He's like trying to be motivational. He's like, ah, I know. You got to try to stick up for yourself and, and do something. Do his, some kicks. His way of, I mean, this is where we go back to Rick being the karate kid because that's his signature move is the crane kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he just goes back and just like repeatedly crane kicks the air to teach <laughs> Alice how to fight back mm-hmm. because it works so well in 1984's The Karate Kid. Exactly. <laughs> And 1986's The Karate Kid Part 2. And 1989's The Karate Kid Part 3. Mm-hmm. This is, Jonathan's right, this is at the height of Karate Kid fandom. It's oh, yeah. the move. Right here. Yep. And he, I can't deny it. And he even and calls is... Alice, Alice-san. Yep. 
This is this is peaking right here, you know. Karate Kid is is in everybody's face. Rain Man's winning Best Picture. But that's one of the beautiful parts of Nightmare on Elm Street is the influx of pop culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, matter. it's prime time, bitch. Crane kicks. He's watching MTV. Yep. You've got '80s supermodels. It's the lifeblood. Yep. Right, but then she crane kicks her shoe into the aquarium. Swish, kill the fish. It's not an aquarium. It's a fish tank. Oh, fish but tank. That's, that's not an aquarium. Yeah. Okay. Raise your <laughs> raise your standards. You know, an aquarium is like. Tens of thousands of dollars and, you know, hundreds of gallons of water and yes, different she, styles of fish. She kicks her 1988 white Keds into the filthy fish tank. Swish, kill the fish, Shalison. <laughs> Head back over, Joey's mom in the room. Jasmine, right? You pointed this out. She's looking around the room for him. She's like talking to him, but he doesn't really seem to be there. He's, yeah, he's not there. Who the fuck is she talking and to? who... Who walks up to a bed and grabs, like, the very obviously flat, like, stretchy bottom sheet that goes on the mattress and then yanks that away as if to expose somebody? They could have Nobody. at least, like, put some pillows in there to make it seem like there was a person there. Yes. And like, oh, it's or have the blanket, like, bunched up so yeah. it looks like someone might be sleeping. Yeah. It's no, just, it's it's just a flat, flat bed. And, like, made. <laughs> it was all made. Like, are you hiding inside the water bed again, Joey? <laughs> And uh, this time he was, but not breathing. So. Uh, how do they explain that one? He does know. look how like he's trying to say something, which is, you know, that's a good way for Joey to go up. Yeah. I mean, so obsessed with that 80s model who was inside his waterbed, and he obviously didn't give a shit about her well-being. So, uh, yeah, and then we good. have Tuesday night failing at smoking a cigarette at school. <laughs> it's the worst smoker ever. Allison comes up to comfort her. And the Gross. matching luggage comment oh. comes in. Yeah. Hey, we have matching luggage. What? What the, f- what the fuck are you talking about? The bags under our eyes. <laughs> Didn't do. Should have throw those one liners in there. I don't see. There. I don't see the bags under the eyes. They I don't do a I was, good I, job. I, I said the same thing. I was like, none of neither one of them have bags under their eyes at all. Right. Like they could have like drew something in, put some makeup on. They did none of that. But. They threw None the of that line $7 in there. million dollars was set aside <laughs> for the bags. I think they threw it in there so that she could use it later when she says the one-liner to the other girl, and she's like, so "Huh, she that's left. funny. That's what she used to say." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This is another little thing that we have to have said so that it can be a personality trait that's picked up later. Yeah. It is amazing how many people defend Tuesday Night as Kristen <laughs> when it's obvious to me that Patricia Arquette is ridiculously better. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. Patricia Arquette actually had emotion. Mm-hmm. And when she was scared, you could tell that she was scared. And when she was mad, you could tell that she was mad. With She's an actress with, yeah, <laughs> that has a career. Acting? Tuesday night, man, she's she's paying more attention to her singing career at this point. Like It seems like she only did the movie so that she could get her song at the beginning. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and Arquette, way better screen queen. Oh, mm-hmm. She's got a great scream that's in the intro mm-hmm. music from the that Dream Warriors episode. Nice. Oh, this movie. I, I feel screen. bad for all the trashing I did on Dream Warriors after watching this. I, I'm like, wow, Dream Warriors was pretty good compared to this piece of shit. <laughs> I had still had a lot of fun with this movie. We were uh, Jasmine and I remarked after we watched it that it is the longest one yet, but it felt like the shortest. Mm-hmm. Progression of things happening towards the end just happened really quickly. Started dying in a very quick fashion. Mm-hmm. I laughed more at this. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it's more fun. But there's something that comes up here, which is that this is the first I time. I also said, I also said this more often. Are you fucking kidding me? 
I said that several times. <laughs> but the dream master, the subject of the, of the dream master comes up here when they're talking to each other. She's and, like, you couldn't sleep. You've been having nightmares. She's like, me too. And she's like, well, how do you deal with your nightmares? And, and Alice says that it's a rhyme. So it, we automatically get the idea that it's like the anti-Freddy Krueger rhyme. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, but here, just like we had Nancy being our dream expert in part three, now here's Alice, our new dream expert, right? Her mom taught her, her how mom. to dream. She has reasons. She daydreams all the time that she has to put up with. She's experienced in this realm. Yeah, we get the idea that Kristen's dream power is not nearly as fucking badass as like Alice, who's the dream master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And very important, as they walk into the classroom and uh, Tuesday notices that Joey and Kincaid are missing, Rick is giving another student in the class a lecture on Kafka. Yeah, and yeah, what the fuck? So weird. Man, just all the layers of Rick that we don't really see. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, he, all right, Rick, Tuesday's going to walk in, so just, you know, talk to your buddy, act natural. Fucking Kafka? <laughs> um, a little heavy. Yeah. But again, Kafka metamorphosis into a cockroach oh there we go another little oh nice that makes that line have a reason (laughs) excellent but we also learned that uh rick is abusive like his father (laughs) he tries to help Kristen out by shaking her violently and then throwing her against the wall he's like calm down bitch calm down bitch here's some massive head drama yeah Mm -hmm. i got it from you dad I think in the 80s, it's a common occurrence to shake people and slap them across the face. No mm-hmm. slap across the face here. Just head I straight think that's into a what, wall. I think that's what Airplane was making fun of mm-hmm. when it did the scene with the lineup of people shaking and slapping that woman. Yes. I think, I think there's a lot of that in 80s movies. There is. And whenever I think of that scene in Friday the 13th Part 1 where Mama Voorhees is slapping Alice around yep. like a little mm-hmm. bitch... I always think of airplane when I see that part. <laughs> yeah, it comes a little mm-hmm. later. But we get a great time or a great opportunity to see Robert England in a different set of makeup. Yay. Because Kristen wakes up in the nurse's office or quote unquote wakes up. Mm-hmm. And that nurse looks oddly masculine. <laughs> oh man, the nails on that <laughs> nurse. The, hands. Wow. The, mm-hmm. the 1980s Lee press on nails. Whenever I see oh. shiny come in twice in that movie. Whenever I see shiny lipstick on top of a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> oh. I mean, oh, that yeah. didn't do it for you, <laughs> Nathan. How do you You're, how do you feel about Robert England and drag? I was quick to notice what it was. I was like, "That's a man." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it came in a little bit closer. I was like, "That's Freddie." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I the like, same oh. thing happened. Yeah. Like, That's rec- a man. Is anyone else missing how much they are sucking each other's cocks in this movie? All the all the bullshit. What do you mean all the bullshit? Like the like the guy doing the the dream. Um, teaching is Robert Shea. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the blood vials in this scene says England on it. Oh, uh, does it? So the Crave Inn. <laughs> yeah, the, the Crave Inn, the restaurant. And speaking of Crave Inn, that's where we head over to now. Dan and his buddy are arriving. They go in. Um... Oh, well, wait, she was still in the dream with England. Oh, right, yeah. the yeah. nurse, and then she's like, oh, it's pretty. I, I want to draw some blood. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, 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 and then she really wakes up. Yeah, the spelling salts from, mm. from the actual <laughs> nurse wake her up. Um, then we're over at the Crave Inn. Uh, Alice is a waitress there. Dan is there asking Alice about Rick. Yeah. And then goes and has a seat. And then shitty friend Debbie. Also a waitress. 
also a waitress is like, hey, I know you kind of have a thing for that guy, but I'm just going to go steal him out from under you <laughs> right now. Your shift is over. Watch me slut it up with Dan. Here we go. Yeah. And in comes Sheila and mm-hmm. talks with Alice a little bit where we get Sheila's uh, little motto of mind over matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So little tidbits here and there. So down the road, you can see a oh. little mantra for all you dreamers out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then... <laughs> From the diner, they just go back to Nancy's house. Right, oh yeah. Sheila takes off. Rick comes in. He has a conversation with Dan about yeah. something. Do we ever understand what Dan is talking to Rick about? No. No, but just it, like Dan comes in and he's talked to Rick about something. And then he kind of talks to him. But then um, Kristen's, Kristen's all like, out. we got to go. We got to go right now. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. well, just come with us then. Apparently, if it's and so important, what you have to talk what's to What's funny about the timeline and all this is no one seems to give a shit that Kristen's friends both died in the same night, right? And they're just like, oh, I know your friends died last night. I don't know why you're still at school and not attending funerals and shit, but... Well, she didn't. They left after that. She's like, we gotta go. And she freaked out after they put her in the nervous office. And then, yeah, they're gone. They're out of there. Yeah, like, no one gives a shit that Kristen's going through, you know, all this loss and everything right now they're just like oh okay I think it's well. funny that they go to school after that I'm <laughs> like why are they still like why are Alice and Rick at school and you know his girlfriend just died and all this crazy stuff <laughs> yeah that's something that came up in the first movie from Nancy's dad he was like your friend just died what are you doing going yeah. to school yeah. but um maybe their parents aren't as concerned that is part of it yeah well definitely not Kristen's mom yeah no, no she didn't give a fuck. Which, which we'll see in a second <laughs> yeah we'll see that in a sec uh, but Dan follows them all out yeah. and they go as a group over to Nancy's house well okay. do you think maybe Rick or sorry Danielson went over to you can't call him Danielson Dan. when there's a Dan in the scene too no maybe Danielson went over to Dan and said my sister really likes you like just kind of confirming you know oh and Grease, that's what they're talking the about wheels. Well, yeah. And then that's why they. Uh, well, maybe he's trying to help he, he, Good because Dan seems to have a heightened interest in Alison after this. He's a, he's a jock too. Wouldn't he just go up and be like, "Hey, I, I heard I heard that you thought I was hot." <laughs> well, and and all that's a good point. But what bugs me about Dan already at this point is with Deb, he orders a coke and some fries, and, and then just out. gets up and fucking leaves. So he's already yeah. doing the whole dining dash thing. Mm-hmm. So he's left a his piece of shit. Pay for it, needed because he yeah. left his friend there too. He's like, oh. I gotta go. Take care of this. Well, what's when is that acceptable for you to leave your buddy with your food and your bill <laughs> when you're chasing pussy, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Right? I guess yeah, he went over and he said, "Hey, I'm, I heard you were trying to throw a jab into my sister. She wants it. Let's go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that. I, guess, like, I, I gotta guess, go. I gotta get on this. I guess Dan could have given his buddy a couple bucks for the coke and fries that he never eats, right? Mm-hmm. But they're over at Nancy's house. Kristen already knows she's dead. She's like accepting it already. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know it. It's too late. I'm just here to see if we can learn something. Rick takes Dan for a little tour of the front of the house and explains to him the whole background of who Freddy Krueger is. Right now, we're all caught up. Yeah. And here's Kristen's mom. Elaine, still a bitch, who seems to just maybe patrol Nancy's house in case Kristen might drive by. The same, the same mom that didn't give a flying fuck in the previous movie. Couldn't care less about her existence or where she was. Just get her out of my face. I think it's still pretty much the same. Maybe she like heard about Kincaid and Joey, and they're like, or maybe she left school and they called her. They're uh, like, she left school, something about her friends. She's like, she must be at that goddamn house. Yep, yep. <laughs> something tells me Elaine just wouldn't give a shit yeah. about that, though. She really still doesn't. She's like, hey, 
Get the fuck away from the house. Deuces. And she leaves. <laughs> on delay. She could have yeah, just been delay. like randomly, she could have been randomly driving by yeah. and just seen her and it just infuriated her. Yeah, like, oh, God, oh, yeah. She's, she's in die. full shriek yeah. when she gets out I of I can't car. wait to give you a bunch of sleeping pills later and just finish this. <laughs> well, and really the only big part, like the, the thing that I caught about this scene that really pushes the plot and everything forward is so Kristen and rick and dan are like coming back from the house and alice stayed kind of by the car and she's like oh i remember the dream master rhyme mm-hmm. and that was it it was just like a passing one line that yeah she sees like the chalk uh-huh. drawing on the ground for a second and then like her memory is all a flush yeah she just remembers it and that's all they say yeah it's like oh, okay i love before that how kristen is saying she's like he's in there i know he's in there and he's just waiting he's gonna get me so she basically just took her friends to um, be showed to Freddy. She goes, look, I got new friends, and you killed my old friends. I got new friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, she condemns her friends yeah, by like, taking hey, them to Freddy, Nancy's. check these people out. <laughs> Is this the part where she's like, come on, hurry, we got to go? Is that? Yeah, so they, yeah. They, yeah, they leave the diner to come here, yeah. Right. And then they just look at the what house. What is the urgency? They, they don't actually do anything. Urgency is that... I never understand urgency in a Freddy movie. Yeah. Because until you fall asleep, you're not engaging Freddy in any way. So hurry up let's go we don't have much time that's 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 ridiculous maybe it's about to get as much time as you choose to have until you fall asleep (laughs) i mean they're just burning daylight when Kristen has all these like freddy lore sort of things that she has to get her friends to believe Mm -hmm. you know because at this point her friends don't believe her at all you know there's like oh you know crazy Kristen had two friends that died and Oh, that sucks, but she's she's bitching and, and saying all this crazy shit about some guy named Freddy Krueger, and who the mm-hmm. fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And now they're starting maybe to believe that, okay, maybe there is a guy in your dreams. Because it seems like with all these Nightmare on Elm Street movies, there's always some convincing that has to happen that yeah. Freddy's Where, actually real. Mm-hmm. Where's Nancy's diary when you need it? And Hunky Dan, that's what I'm going to call him, to separate it so that you guys <laughs> understand the difference between Dale Son and Hunky Dan. Major League Hunk. But, yeah, Major League Hunk. Yeah, MLH. So MLH, um, he's pretty, you know, either he's just like really, really into Alice, Alison, or he's just really stupid and gullible because, I mean, Danielson is like, yeah, no, blah, her friends just died and it's because of this guy that kills people in their dreams. And he's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Like, oh, really? Oh, well, okay. He is the jock character, so you can't give him too much credit. Yeah. And and that's what you do when you're like a jock and you're hunting down pussy. You're just like, okay, whatever (laughs) bullshit... I got to put up with to get in there. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, she's crazy. She's going to be crazy in the sack, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Rick, when Rick is explaining the story to Dan, he does kind of seem to believe it at first. He's like, so this guy, Fred Krueger, he was a pedophile. He got away with it. The parents hunted him down and killed him. And then she's like, he's like, okay, so this is where it gets weird. So then she believes that he comes back in dreams and stuff like that. So he's like, okay, we believe there's a Fred Krueger and this kind of happened. They killed kids. <laughs> But she's saying he comes back in your dreams and that it's real. And if you die in your dreams, then it happens in real life. Mm-hmm. And That's then, yeah. where he's like, I don't know. And then just kind of scoffs it off. He's like, huh, that is weird. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. we're over at a very, I, I'm going to see if I can find this clip somewhere on the internet. Because I love this scene with Elaine and Kristen. <laughs> and just how dismissive. Kristen's mom is about everything. She's everything. like, shut the fuck up. It's just adolescent anxiety. You're just being a crazy bitch. I thought, this in therapy. Yeah, I thought we were done with this. <laughs> so I put an unknown amount of crushed pills in your drink. <laughs> also, yeah, I know your friends are all dying, but I still don't believe you. Yeah. 
All her friends are dying, but she still doesn't believe it. She still must be making this up in her head. The shit that I read, people love this scene. They they trumpet Tuesday. All the people that like Tuesday night, they're just like, Patricia Arquette couldn't do this scene. They <laughs> what? Could, she couldn't pull this scene off. <laughs> I read that from like multiple people. They, people that watched four before three. Oh. Like, I, watched, I watched four before three, so I have a special place in my heart for Tuesday night. And that scene with the mom, when she was giving it back to her, no way Patricia Arquette could have pulled that off. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> what? No. She like drops the glass and she's like, what did you do? What did you do? Yeah, and it's it's Elaine that makes that scene. Yes. You killed yeah, me. Not Kristen. No. It's Freddy's, it's his banquet, and I'm the main course. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the last course. She's the last I'm the, course. Oh yeah, I'm the last course. You murdered you me. You murdered me. Yeah, I thought that was going to set up some sort of elaborate banquet hall scene in a nightmare, <gasps> you know? It should have been awesome. But Why don't you guys fucking come over to my side once in a while and just focus on the missed opportunities? Because that's what I see most of the time. The stuff that is done well, it's also simultaneously a missed opportunity to do it great. They never do anything great. They only do things ha- like partially good. Or they touch on excellence. you got to remember, it was the 80s. And they were probably all on drugs. It's just... I mean, everyone's yeah. coked up right now. Yeah, so the 80s. Yeah. That's what everyone did. Yeah, my, my, my girlfriend who didn't live... Who wasn't alive during the 80s. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 Did watch this movie with me and was like, "Oh, the eighties! What a like, what a strange time!" Oh yeah, a lot of cocaine oh, went into that seven-day stretch. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but, but like the way just the way people dress and everything, it really is a misguided, confused decade. I There's love not it. a lot of focus. You know, I think a great way to experience the eighties. This is slightly unrelated, but just to Jasmine, a great way to experience the eighties is to watch like old Johnny Carson Tonight Show. 80s clips and just like the see how the stars. counterculture was operating yeah um, just like these, these are the coolest people <laughs> like the, the, people that, the people that come on the tonight show are like super cool right they're mm-hmm. the celebrities so it's like oh god right yeah. but Kristen to her Pretty mom cool. you just murdered me take that to your goddamn therapy Kristen stumbles around the house gets up to her room is knocking shit off of her her chest of drawers and looking for something and then she grabs the phone to try and call Alice doesn't make it passes out she's like think of some dream of something happy dream of something someplace happy. fun dream of someplace fun yes which means that her mom put a lot of sleeping pills into her water because she has like two sips of that murky cloudy shit yeah it looks like her cup was like half full yeah so but then you, they show it. you pass out after like a half an hour of taking a sleeping pill you don't stumble upstairs as you're fighting to stay <laughs> awake and then just crumble that is a lot of sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of that glass, you see her take like one or two sips, and then when she puts the glass down and realizes it's cloudy, it's like uh, two-thirds gone. Yeah. And this is the scene, too, where she stumbles around to each corner of the room, <laughs> focusing on her next blocking point. Like, I have to try to put my jacket on, but not make it. Mm-hmm. So she, like, grabs it, holds it to her shoulder, doesn't even begin the act of putting her arm through it. And drops it right away. Okay, now where's the phone? Okay, on my, it's, on my it's knees, like I'm the, crawling. It's like the wrapping of the wound, right? She's not actually focusing on wrapping the wound, which would have been something that you could do as an actor to buy into the scene and give believability to the audience. She's just wrapping it around her arm haphazardly, trying to be dramatic. And in this scene, holds the, holds the, the jacket to her shoulder, no act of putting it on, drops it, falls to the ground, grabs the phone, mashes the keyboard. She's not dialing any numbers. No, there's, just, there's, no, keyboard, there's no keyboard mang- on a phone. Oh, no? Keypad. Do you want to go back and watch the... 
the, the phone again? Phones don't have keyboards. Keypads. It, it's <sighs> keypads. There you go. Fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. the keypad. He's just. She's just mangling the numbers. Right. And this is the only. Can I get a, a confirmation? This is the only time in the entire movie where someone actually tries to use the act of positive thought involved in being a dream master and succeeds. The dream master herself, Alice, never actually uses positive thought in any way. <laughs> no. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, she tries to here. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. But she shows up on a beach. There. Yeah, she shows up on a beach. It seems like everything's okay. There's little Alice there building a sandcastle. Oh, what's that in the water? It's a Freddy Krueger glove shark fin. It's a it's a Freddy shark. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. We had a Freddy worm. Now we get a Freddy shark. <laughs> right. The blade it's sets terrible. on fire in the water just to let you know how <laughs> super powerful it is. Right. Then it Freddy's getting his power back. Yep. And the shark fin cuts through the sand to the sandcastle that little Alice is building. And that sandcastle fucking explodes like oh, a window it's... inside of Nancy's house. Mm-hmm. It just, and there's Freddy. Bam. Right. And Freddy's out. Standing there, cool as a cucumber. Alice takes off. She gets immediately stuck in some quicksand. Of course. Or wait, This was one of those moments. When, when the Sorry, Freddy this is, this is Kristen. Sorry. Yeah, this is Kristen. The, when the Freddy glove did the shark fin thing in the water, mm-hmm. that was that was one of those moments when I said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> That's one of those. But he puts on this, some... immediately. I'm like, okay, the purpose of this is to put Tuesday night in a bikini. Oh no, what are they doing? Oh, what are they? Why are they doing this? Oh, it's quicksand. Uh-huh. Oh, great. This is this is. Oh, she's just gonna. That's how she's gonna die. That's the, how Kristen dies. I also thought that was just how like, she's gonna die. He's gonna push her in the sand, and that'd and be the end it. of it. But, man, we got this awesome shot of Freddy Krueger putting on some mean sunglasses. Oh, oh just yeah. laughing at the sun. <laughs> Finding the sun for Freddy. <laughs> so he, she gets caught in the quicksand. She's falling down. Freddy's above her. He kicks her in more. She tries to escape. Right. She falls through falls into through. Nancy's house. Now she's in the house. He robs her of the positive thought. Mm-hmm. See? And, again, this, this correlation between positive thought and Breaking the positive thought. What's what's going on in your neighborhood, Nathan? <laughs> what's going on in your neck of the woods? All right, so Nathan, you're right. She, she's been robbed of her positive thought. He's stomping her face down in the sand. He pushes her through it in Nancy's house. She does a little bit of running around in there. And then, Jasmine, you, you mentioned this, which is why this is one of the few horror films where running downstairs is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she just... just Right to the boiler room. Right to yeah. the boiler room, yeah. Of course, yeah, she ran ready. right to the boiler room. Like almost like it was her destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of, Again, of choice. you know, you'd figure like after the first time, she would have learned her lesson. You know, you obviously can't go upstairs because you've got these tricycles falling down the stairs all the <laughs> so time. So many tricycles, yeah. Like, it, so of course you run downstairs, and the first time it's the boiler room. Oh shit! You know that's not a good place to be. So she knows not to go down there, but does it anyway. Right out, out. No one jumps through a window ever. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. But Freddy, more than happy to finally finish off the last Elm Street kid, um, right? Yeah. Why don't you reach out and cut someone? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the, She's the last of the Elm Street brats. Mm-hmm. Kristen, like a dumb bitch, pulls Alice into her dream. Mm-hmm. Right? So now Alice is just there like, what the fuck is <laughs> this? Oh, that's him? Oh, my God. <laughs> right? You weren't crazy. And then she immediately apologizes for pulling her into the dream. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I have no self-control. Not at all. Whereas before, she could pull in whoever she wanted at any time. Yeah. Right? And now she just lost that power. She needs to get back on the hypnosil. So the power can't work in reverse. She can't send them back to their dreams. Nope. She can only pull them in. This is another one of those, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Oh, this is great. Because, no, when the power transference happens... 
you don't even i mean you're making the assumption that that's what it is this blue little light that just goes out of the burning because she says where, where Kristen is burning alive it's her last it line just, yeah i know that's why you made the assumption that that's her power but for some reason to me it was like i'll give you my power you need it yeah. and then this ball of light well, comes out of the burning fire furnace and into Alice like that. Well, actually, it hits Freddy. It hits Freddy first. Yeah. And then his souls kind of scream out, and then it bounces out of him into her. Yeah, Freddy's gotten real back. proud of, like, the souls in his body. Yeah, now, these, and these ones are, they got more budget in these ones. Some of them have moving eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but this is one of those new additions, those rule additions. Now you can transfer your ability to pull people into your dream. That is exactly, Come anything on. can happen in a dream. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you guys just come across with your straight face like, yeah, well, that's because of this. Well, it's a dream. Well, no, she can, that's, you want no, to pass your power on to somebody that, in a dream, you can do that. that. That's your last line. That's how it works. And we had a no, wizard before. So now we have someone transferring power from one person to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happens in this a dream is, happens in real life, yeah. right? This is bullshit. And Alice this is, is the dream master, bullshit. so she is already susceptible to accepting this dream power. Right. right. If Alice wanted to, she could have taken that power. From <laughs> she <Christ>. could have. <laughs> There's no precedence for transference of dream abilities. There's no precedence for it. It's horseshit. Well, that's why she's the master. Also, I think it's ridiculous for her to say, you're going to need this power to pull more people into this dream to prolong Freddy's existence. Because if she would not have transferred the power, he would have killed Alice and it would have been over because she would not have been able to pull anyone else in the dream. Exactly. Right. It would have been done. <laughs> it would have been exactly. over because it would have been done. she wouldn't have been able to condemn other people to the terrible thing that she did. But that's exactly what... Kristen did. She's like, oh, I did such terrible things with this power. You have it. Yeah. You also do terrible things with this power. And then make sure you give it to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Alice wakes up. You know, she knows that uh, that uh, Kristen is in some terrible trouble. She Her and Rick head over right. there. And, of course, Kristen's, uh, Kristen's room is on fire. I did not realize Kristen lived in a fucking mansion. Like, yeah. her house is insanely huge. Her mom's got some bitch money, yeah. Yeah. She's loaded. She works all the time. She can't care about a kid. Obviously, she said she shelled out thousands of dollars on her therapy. So mm-hmm. she's got it. I mean, that's all she's got. But that's what she's got. At this point in the movie, my mouth is agape. And I'm kind of staring at the screen with my hands out. And I'm like, this is a total train wreck. They're they're getting... Re- this this Kristen character with this ability to draw people into the dream. Like, that that's your vehicle for future movies. Not... Not transferring the dream power in a ball of blue light. That whole thing, that whole scene is atrocious. That's just like, for the sole purpose of continuing on with a different actress. Like, they're just eliminating that character because they don't want to continue with it. Yeah. That's the only reason for that. I mean, so when a... you start making decisions based on that instead of, like, plot-driven decisions, then things are just unraveling here, guys. No, and but it the... was plot-driven. It was part of the beginning of Freddy's plan. Once he kills Kincaid, he's like, one down, two to go. He has to finish off his business from the previous movie. Yeah. So Kristen was pretty much destined to die from the beginning. He had to finish it off. Freddy does not like loose ends. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He's got to tie that shit up. And in the Nightmare on Elm Street universe, as a character, you only get two movies, Tops. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm with Nate on this one. Like, it, it seems like it would have been a much better way to go about it with a character who can pull people in to dreams right as opposed to like transferring dream power and you know stacking on top of each other and that sort of thing like it seemed like Kristen's ability to pull people in to help her out was a much cooler way to go than what ends up happening yeah or if you're going to call a movie the dream master you establish that she also has the ability to do that too 
and they bond over that. No, 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 no. Both. I don't like where either. I don't like where any of this is going. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. No, <laughs> no, no. You got pissed off just now because you know that that's a better way to write this. No, no, no. Listen, listen. They should bond over the. the both have the ability to do it. N- both of them can do it. No, and then maybe no. Alice draws. Wait, just listen. Alice draws Kristen into a dream, and that's how they discover she has the ability to do it as well. And then Kristen accidentally draws her into her dream at the end, and then Freddie gets his eyes on. On Alice. No, no. This is about pulling. Way better way to do it. Way better. This way. is about pulling. Okay, let's, let, let's let let let's move on now. We've kind of established <clears throat> the better way to do this. This is about pulling your resources, right? You have one character whose ability is to absorb any or all other abilities, and then you have one character whose only ability is to pull others into dreams. You don't focus on her and keep her around when she can just pass her ability off to the one that collects abilities. <laughs> They don't establish that she collects abilities until later. They have Superman and Batman. Of course you go with Superman. Like, Batman's cool and everything, but Superman has all powers. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. (laughs) In any case, Kristen burns, and the last of the Elm Street brats are dead. Elaine doesn't care. Well, no, she's she's too busy like filling she's out free. the insurance forms, yeah. like seeing how much money she's going to get. You know what they should have done? They, they should have let Cotswinkle finish the movie. <laughs> but like, of, she, Elaine is like, of course, Kristen would damage the house, of even course. when she's dead. Uh, and then we, right, right until the end, just a waste of skin as my daughter. <laughs> Awful. And so then Kristen's dead. It, we we find Alice, Alice and... watching home movies. Yeah. Right? To Just remember all the good to, times they had together. See, they're building on that idea that they were friends for a long time. They had a relationship, a strong bond, blah, blah, blah. You know, but one of my favorite things about this scene is Rick comes in. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? How do you not know you're watching home movies? You're being sad, dumb bitch. <laughs> Would changed. you like to know something interesting about this scene? Uh, okay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't in the script. They added it in at the end. And the characters in the scene made up their own dialogue. Uh, so Alice comes up with, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm I just feel improv. so different. Because she doesn't know how to explain why. But after the dream, she feels so different. And, and Rick is tired of all this Freddy bullshit. He doesn't yeah. want to hear from it from his sister. He yep. doesn't want to hear how Alice feels different every time one of her friends dies. It's like, she's yep. not crazy. I mean, You're his not girlfriend, crazy. His girlfriend just died. He's, he's just out of this shit. He doesn't want any part of it. He's like, I'm trying to move on. It's been a day. Okay. <laughs> Get it, was, over it. it might have been that night. Yeah. <laughs> like It was the same night. He's just done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's where we get a repeat of the line from earlier with the, hey, we have matching luggage. Because now right. it's the next day. Alice is talking to Sheila. Notices Sheila hasn't been sleeping. Mm-hmm. Assumes it's because she's been having nightmares. Sheila swears it's because she's been up all night studying. Studying for a mm-hmm. physics test and physics building test. Deb's present, which is a high sound wave, ultra high sound wave machine. Right. To scare away bugs. Right. Because... You know, Deb has this little fear of bugs. And so, okay, let me build you an ultra-high yeah. sound so wave she- device. Sheila goes and puts 150 man-hours in developing <laughs> a brand-new piece of technology. As, as opposed to a can of Raid. <laughs> and there's there's some lust-love happening here, man. There's, there's definitely something between them. You don't go out of your way to do that shit. Mm-mm. And when you think about that machine's end game, like when you think about... The purpose of that device and where we go with that doesn't make any sense. Movie, <laughs> it makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense it whatsoever. Absolutely no purpose. It, it doesn't need <laughs> no. to exist at all. It has a purpose. Not... I'll bring it up when we get there. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Me? And so now we go into uh, it's test day. 
it's test day in Alice and Sheila's class, and I'm not exactly sure what subject they're doing, and her equations start moving around all crazy-like and spell out, learning is fun with Freddy. Mm-hmm. And then she looks over, and Alice is asleep. Okay. Alice is sitting at the desk, and she's asleep. And she's like, seeing if anyone noticed. No one notices. Alice is asleep. She goes back, looks at her paper, then it says, yeah. Learning is fun with Freddy. Mm -hmm. And then she looks back and Alice is awake. Uh Uh-oh. Or they're both awake in the dream. I want to point out here that this dream master bullshit is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you already pointed that out? I know. I think, yeah. No, what, what I'm doing here is I'm saying her ability to daydream doesn't make her a master of anything. It makes everyone else susceptible to dying at different times. Well, they're not using her daydream, and she's falling asleep in class because she stayed up all night with dealing with the Kristen stuff, and so they're both tired, and she's in class, and she falls asleep during the test. Yeah, they're both yeah. asleep. Sheila and Alice are both asleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems like mm-hmm. until Alice can finally harness this, like, dream master power, mm-hmm. her, like, going off into daydreams and shit is the most dangerous fucking thing that could yeah. possibly happen now that she can that pull is, people into her dreams. Yeah. That does not come across to me that both of them are asleep. What comes across to me is that Alice is falling asleep and daydreaming and giving Freddy power to kill people. In the real world? Yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense because everyone else in the class is completely unaware of anything else that's going on. But they're still, like, awake, which means it's a dream. Yeah, they're Otherwise, awake. everyone would be like, who the fuck is this guy slicing an apple with his fingers? You know, like... Well, actually, I think how it happens is Alice falls asleep in class, and she inadvertently pulls Sheila into her dream. But Sheila right. also has to be asleep for that to happen. Not necessarily. Doesn't yeah. she pull Kate into the dream? And Kate is sleeping there? at his desk. Yeah. And then she like falls asleep. So she's, like, dozing off at her desk. But, and then she pulls her into the dream. But anytime no- anyone dies in this movie, Alice is also sleeping with mm-hmm. them. But... Never did we see Sheila, like, dozing off. No. She's staring at, at her test, doing the equations, mm-hmm. hard at work. Granted, she did stay up all night studying for it, so mm-hmm. she's probably tired, but we never see her starting to, like, doze off or anything. No. The only thing I'm willing to come to the conclusion here is that this movie does a poor job of letting you know who's asleep and what's going on. They're only yeah, if you're only half paying attention to the movie, you come across that scenes way. That don't really matter. Yeah, it's part of the mystery, too. You kind of figure out, is it a dream? Is it real? And then after the completion of the scene, you find out whether that part was a dream or it was actually real. Right. Yeah. If you pay, you pay attention. This movie, this movie is training you to let go of the rules <laughs> no. and not give a shit. No, no. Don't listen to Nathan. He's just angry giving, because he wasn't paying attention Freddy, and now he's kind of confused. <laughs> it's, it's giving Freddie free reign to do all these There's weird, no free reign. Sheila and Alice are asleep. They would be having separate dreams, but Alice, with her dream master and now with her dream warrior power... Pulls Sheila in. into her dream. Here comes Freddy to take advantage of the situation. You know, hey, you want to suck face? Because Freddy is now like she, um, Allison is now a conduit for Freddy's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is where existence, this is where right? we get to see just how fucking sadistic Freddy is because he traps Alice in her school desk, yeah. right, so to have her help. witness Sheila's death. Right, mm-hmm. right. So. Camera pans over to teacher Freddy peeling an apple with his glove, walks over to Sheila and says, hey, let's suck face, mm-hmm. right? And sucks all the <laughs> life out of her. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I she it. turns into like a raisin of her former <laughs> oh, self. Her arms collapse. Love the rubber arms. Yeah, mm-hmm. her like, you know, her eyes like sink back into her skull, right? Yep. And then, and this is giving birth to the, to the trope of the black person dies first <laughs> yes. because they kill Cool Breeze first. 
Then they knock off the remaining white people from the from the first from the previous movie, and then now they move on to the next set of friends and they kill the black girl first. Right, yep. she- Sheila, I would say, fits the trope. Not Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze is a survivor from the second from the third film. Well, he was the first person to die in the movie. Period. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and but he's a survivor. Okay, but if you're if you're bringing the previous movie into it, that means you can't give me shit for for bringing up anything that happens from the previous movies into this movie. Sheila's dead. Right, Alice witnessed the whole thing. People are freaking out because some seventeen-year-old girl died of an asthma attack in school, and people are wondering how the fuck that can happen. Rick is now finally coming to grips with the fact that uh, shit's kind of fucked up. We're dropping like flies. Maybe there is something to this whole Freddy Krueger shit, and so we've now got Rick into the fold. Deb and Dan are kind of like, eh, I don't really know, and of course Alice is full bore into this because you know she's witnessed this shit now, so. I think that's when the scene where the awkward running comes in. Afterwards, they're trying to explain to Dan because she tries to help her and she's freaking out. And she's like, he's coming for us. Um, Alice is. She's like, Freddie's coming. He's coming Yeah, she freaks all. out and runs away. And then she runs and they away. Turn, they turn the camera toward her so that you don't have to look at his awful acting. <laughs> you just have to look at the back of his head. And then, yeah, she runs down the hallway. And then, yeah, he burns after her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Running running ridiculously fast. Yes. Yep. That, that kid so is a spaz, period. Yeah. Yeah. No, but oh, I'm just having I'm having digestive problems. <laughs> here we go. I'm, I'm going to cut us through some of the not so interesting schlock here to make up for some time. Um, Alice is looking in the mirror. She's admiring Sheila's a bug ray. She's looking at her photos, removing the ones that are of Sheila. Um, then Alice is at work. She's cleaning up. Dan pops in to buy a pack of gum. Could you buy packs of gum from diners in the '80s? I don't guess so. Um, uh, Dan brings up a good point where he, he's not even interested in any of this Freddy Krueger bullshit. And then he asks like a very concise question about the Freddy bullshit, which is if he was after this original girl, why the fuck does he give a shit about you? Mm-hmm. And why are you so important in all this drama all of a sudden? She understands that Freddy's interested in her because she's the dream shepherd, right? She, he can't get other kills unless he has her around. Mm-hmm. So she at least knows for the time being that she's safe. Right? As long as she keeps feeding Freddy bodies, she could be safe forever. I don't know why they trap themselves with this ridiculous rule to begin with. Because in the first and second movie, he's just a, a, an entity that lives in dreams and nightmares. Well, he There's has no a... rule that states that he can only go after people, uh, the yes. children of the, yeah. of the parents that killed him. That's There's exactly no what the rule that was is. To say, that was the purpose in the first ones was to kill the kids of the parents. No, that... Yeah, first that's his purpose, or that's his goal, but it doesn't restrict him in any way yeah. to their dreams. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, no, it doesn't. Let's see here. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan's floozy is in the doorway, and she's getting impatient, right? We're going to go to the drive-in. We're going to be late. And then we're over at the locker room, and there's some jackass, some loose-lived jackass that's making fun of Rick and Rick's situation. So Dan, being the big jock guy, stands up for him, throws him against the wall, gives him a bit of a hard time. Um... I love how when I make, I just want to interrupt here. I love how when I make a point that's valid and like really exposes a flaw in the series, it's just like, oh yeah, but we already discussed that. Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be so eager to move on if we weren't already at two hours. Um, now here's Nathan's favorite scene where Robert Shea is the teacher in the classroom. Mm-hmm. 
We're getting a bit of dream philosophy here. Going over the Dream Master lore. Yeah, there's a bunch of random shit that's being thrown out here that's a little bit hard to put together. Something about Aristotle and how when you're a dream, when you're asleep and you you know your consciousness is out experiencing things, and that's what your dream is. And then and why is this being taught in high school? But the important things here are that there are gates, that there are positive and negative gates to the dream world. The positive one is, is, is protected by the dream master mm-hmm. who can also influence other people's dreams. And then I guess the negative gate is protected by dream demon? Freddy. Freddy. Right? There was yeah. no official term for yeah. what the negative gatekeeper was called. They don't know this about dreams. Nobody knows this about dreams. They wouldn't teach this in school. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Right, the, they're teaching lesson. it as the philo- as in t- antiquated philosophy, but what? Alice is taking it to heart. I, yep. say, I thought this it was interesting. Real. That... Is, is this a real philosophy, the Dream Master? <laughs> I don't really know. But I think it's interesting that Alice is actually dozing off and falling asleep and not paying attention to this lesson, which it, it could seems like seem kind would... of important and crucial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she should be really interested. I agree with you. She would be very interested in this. Mm-hmm. She's dozing off. She kind of falls asleep in, in class. Right. She falls asleep in the middle of the Dream Master lore. That's very important. <laughs> yep. Alice falls asleep in the middle of the Dream Master lore. And then Rick, Rick. falls asleep taking a dump. Yeah. yeah, he's in the bathroom. He's yeah, so he's tired. taking a shit. He's been up all night with Alice because she doesn't want to sleep. Right. And the cheerleaders... See, they've, just, they've just unleashed the reins on this bullshit. Now they're just like, make them fall asleep wherever the fuck mm-hmm. that they think is interesting for them to fall asleep so that they can kill them in an interesting way. Well, they're all stressed <laughs> out and tired. All their friends are dying. And it was like that before. They were all trying to stay up. Everyone's trying to stay up because they don't want to go to sleep. But eventually, the need to stay up is uh, overpowered by your need to sleep. And so they fall asleep at some weird place and then they other people were involved. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing happens in this movie where they're just trying to stay up all night, trying to stay awake, and eventually they just can't take it anymore. And they're sitting in this comfortable position and taking this test in class and they doze off. Or in Rick's case, well. on the pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're just they're so terrible at acting that it doesn't come across in this in this edition of it. Right. So cheerleaders flood the bathroom. Alice is in the <laughs> stall with him like, what the fuck is happening right now? They see each other right. and they're like, this is weird. Yep. And she's rushed out and instantly is just like gone. Doesn't help at all. Right. He walks, he kind of stumbles out of the stall. He sees Kristen, yep. a Bert Kristen, taunting tell, him. Tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. Tell me something funny. And then... Stumbles into an elevator, and then great elevator acting. Wait, I gotta go back. Uh, he also, he sees himself sleeping on the toilet. Once he comes out, he looks in the mirror, he sees a reflection of himself asleep on the toilet, but then he's still interacting in the dream. Yeah, right. there's a few times that happens where people mm-hmm. see themselves sleeping. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I like that. I also like how people are awake in the in their dreams, but not paying attention to what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's something that wasn't from does, before. Does the mirror have an effect on the people in the dream at all? Does it Does it affect them in any way? I don't know. Good question. Because it sure affects evil. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> but anyway. Really? So yeah, they, the elevators, <laughs> elevators apparently rock back and forth and side to side when they're Yes. It is just vertically. so turbulent. Yes, I wanted to get your opinion on this scene because yeah. there's... <laughs> all I can think is this guy is such a spaz. Oh, it looks like they're moving in fast forward. Yep. Spaz that, that doesn't... He doesn't understand that he's got to emotionally engage... In, in acting, like, both of them, all of them. It's like, just, just you know, 
They were probably instructed to do that by the bullshit people involved in this movie. Well, Rennie Harlan is not really that good of a director. <laughs> and and it seems his... it seems with Rick's case, like his acting is a hundred percent physical, like zero emotion. Oh yeah, you know, like he's just lost his girlfriend. You know, his sister's all fucked up. Like lots of things are going wrong in his life, and all he can do is you know kick work. his problems away. Yeah, <laughs> crane kick his problems away. <laughs> like I got a soft spot for cliffhanger, but other than that, Rennie Harlan can just go away. He's falling in the elevator. Mm-hmm. It stops on, stops on stops on the thirteenth floor. The dojo. The dojo. And one of the greatest possible fight scenes ever put on film. <laughs> Nathan, this Are you fucking kidding me? How many times did you say, Are you fucking serious during this scene? Oh, I just said it once and looked away. I couldn't even deal with it. This this is terrible. Okay. Come on, guys. This is terrible. So what I don't understand is you've you're got... taking a shitty actor and you're telling him to fight an invisible Freddy what? with his karate moves. This is what the whole karate move thing was leading up to. This anticlimactic, <laughs> like guy, terrible actor, spazzing by himself. What I really <sighs> don't understand in this is you've got Freddy taunting him the entire time while kicking the shit out of him while he's invisible, right? <sighs> and then he okay. says something about like a real ninja, you know, keeps doesn't calm. keeps calm, like. And then all of a sudden... And then just, you have to have balance or just, something like that. Yeah, yeah. just Rick balance. all of a sudden can see Freddy, I guess, because starts, like, kicking the crap senses out of him. Senses him, like, kicks the crap out of Invisible Freddy and then kicks his glove off, which is now visible. Yeah, yeah it appears before... And it starts taunting it. Freddy. It's like, do you not understand the guy is still fucking invisible? Why right. would you ta- taunt this invisible demon? They're, they're, I don't well, know. once this guy's he kicks the glove off, doesn't he come to being after that? No, he never appears in the scene. Mm-hmm. The glove comes off the ground and just shoots into oh, right, Rick's right. chest. And that's that's the death of Rick. Yep. Just Rick taunting, oh, what are you going to do without your glove? Where are you, Freddy? Blah, blah, blah. And then the glove just flies off the ground right into Rick. He's I got th- a good line there, too. I think Freddy was going to kill him, like, in the elevator, probably. But he was like, oh, my God, what if I made him just fight something <laughs> invisible? <laughs> no, but he's Freddy's just laughing in the corner throughout this entire thing and then just kills him at the end when he gets bored. That's why I, I go back to the seven-day script with this thing over and over again. Because you've got time to audition 600 actresses for the role of Alice, but you don't have any other time to do anything else, apparently. <laughs> like, write the movie or, you know, audition a few extra people for these bullshit characters that could have been done better with the different people. <laughs> this movie could be a totally different movie if they had better actors, but they didn't. So, and it could have been a totally better movie if they spent more time writing it, but they didn't. I think part they of that was... They just mailed it in. That's the horror movie's, like... Mission is to mail it in. I think part of that was the upplay Robert England's part of being the star of the movie. He mm-hmm. got more lines. He's he's the actor that you care about. You know, all these Let other actors are people you yeah. never hear about or never going to hear about again. And they're kind of like B actors. But we got Robert England. He's a star. Yep. Mm-hmm. Money talks. And mm-hmm. I guess one the next scene confused me a little bit because we have Alice waking up in that philosophy class and all the windows explode. Exactly. Well, she feels so, the pang of him dying and it but, like jolts her out of her sleep. But with the windows exploding, is that in real life? That's in real life. Yeah, the, the windows, windows exploding explode. is real. Yeah, all the students react to that. Everyone's Freddy like, is ah! powerful once again. That's yeah, what that, that symbolizes? That's, mm-hmm. his, that's his build-up. Freddy a, can do shit in real life now? He's a full power now. Yeah. See, I thought it was a recollection of her powers of 
either like the jolt she felt from her brother dying and then her reaction to it, kind of like a Carrie-esque thing where it was like so intense. That's right, because she's she also... push out some power. She's also accumulating power, so yeah. she could also be revving up in power yeah, as well. Yeah, she's like, oh, because like she jolted out of that sleep, like she got stabbed. Mm-hmm. And she jumps, and then right after that, the windows explode. And so everyone in the class reacts, so it actually happens. And yep. then they're just out of there. No one actually explains that. Wait, 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 wait. So Alice falls asleep in class... And something happens with Freddy, and it's in it's happening in real life. No, no, no. no. Just when she wakes up, and the windows explode in the classroom. Mm-hmm. After oh, Rick dies. See, I thought you were proving my point just now. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I know that you're desperately, you're collectively hearing or selectively hearing mm-hmm. what we're talking about, and only the things that match up with your philosophies. Almost like you're watching this movie and selectively uh, choosing what to defend and what to just glaze over. Oh, I, th- I think I'm pretty consistent in my defense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're defending the whole thing. Yeah. Anyways, we're back. We're at another funeral. <laughs> right. Another funeral. It's funerals happen the day after in uh, in this movie. Um, it's Rick's. Alice is daydreaming. Rick comes out of the coffin and tries to like. Oh, it was just a big joke on Freddy. Everything's fine. Oh. Yeah. Say a bunch of comforting shit. It's like one thing after another with this movie, man. He's climbing out of his coffin. Ugh, mm-hmm. Terrible. But then she's terrible. like, it's a daydream. Yeah, the daydreams are never as yeah. insane or powerful as the nightdreams. What is up with this fucking cemetery? Oh, yeah. Is, is that how you sell plots? <laughs> next to each other? Yeah, everyone, yes. everyone who died is next to each other. Yeah, yeah Nancy's grave is behind Kristen's. Uh-huh. They are like three okay. feet away from each other. Yep. <laughs> it's like as they die, they just keep filling up the next hole. Yeah. That's not how you do it. That's throwing, not how you do it. Dude, like the the mortuary funeral home is just pulling in money just hand over fist in this town like easily the richest guy in town he's yeah, gotta right. be mm-hmm. like he's got three three <laughs> four teenagers dead a day yep <laughs> and and while she's staring at her dead brother's casket dan walks up and says hey you okay <laughs> I, I know you're at your brother's funeral but you all right she's like no no not really yeah. can you lighten up a little bit you're really bringing everybody else down yeah it doesn't matter because she she cares more for Dan than she does for her brother. Yeah, it's quite seems odd. like that it. is obvious because she actually tries to help him. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. does not help her brother at all. <laughs> she just like goes out of there. She's like, oh, this is weird that we're in the same place, and then she's never seen again until she wakes up and feels what has happened. Mm-hmm. She's and obviously still asleep in there somewhere. But okay. And now we've got Deb and Dan just on board. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, fuck this Freddy guy. Obviously something's wrong. We're on board. She's uh, like, we I have to you fight now. this alone. It's my personal war. And they're like, no, we're all in this together because yeah. any one of us could be next. Right. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that Debbie's a big workout nut. Um, Alice is like, <clears throat> hey, you know, bench presses aren't going to help here. All right. Mm-hmm. Mind over matter. Yep. Mind over matter. And they make so, a plan to meet. And I make the joke that girls don't really do bench pressing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's what I was saying, too. I was like, what? But then when they show the bench press in her basement, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. No. Even girls that are super into working out and do lots of strength, I don't think bench pressing is real big. I was like, there's like weightlifters, female weightlifters. Yeah. I mean, that'd probably be the only genre of women who really want to... I just imagine bench, bench presses press. to women are just called titty shrinkers, right? <laughs> yeah. And even when we see her bench press, it's, what, 45 pounds? Oh, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she, it's, she herself is like barely 100 pounds. Yeah. What it is, is shit. it's a shitty staged scene. They didn't spend any money on any other workout equipment. Well, they developed it around what they wanted to happen in the scene. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're skipping over two key things here. We're we're skipping over Alice uh, inheriting Rick's ability of being a nunchuck master. That's right. So she's in her bedroom and just 
you know, the whole she starts playing with nunchucks, and then all of a sudden she's Michelangelo from the fucking Ninja Turtles, right? Right. No, 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 no. Also, yeah, no, no, you're no, no. gonna bring this her up. Stunt, Nate? Yes. Her stunt double. Yes. Is is Michelangelo? Oh, okay. The one with the brown. The hair. one with the yeah, brown, the brown hair. hair. <laughs> the man with the brown hair <laughs> that they show from behind, and then back to the red hair in the front, brown hair in the back, red hair in the front, which, brown hair in the back. Uh-huh. Which she doesn't use. At any point no. in the battle with Freddy. So it's absolutely meaningless. No, no, Actually, it is, she does. She's used in the battle with Freddy. She uses the she karate, uses the not the nunchucks. But she. this is more just to be like, hey, I'm getting everyone's powers. Just a little reminder. Yep. Okay, so the nunchucks are suggested that she has developed the power or... or um, Personalities or whatever. Also, I was going to say, been, it seemed to be a surprise to her because I think she like got the nunchucks because they were his and she has them. She's remembering her brother. And then she looks at him and she's like... We just try to play with them, and she's like, "Whoa, I know how to use these," and so she's like really confused yeah, but, that mm-hmm. she even knows how to do this. But they just don't come back. Is no. what we're saying, yeah, we don't. But yeah. but that's just, just yeah, to show just that to show. she has the power. She's like, "Oh, what are these? Oh my god, I know how to use them. I must have absorbed his power." Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and then uh, Alice absorbs the power. She runs downstairs, and her dad actually finally shows some emotion. Yep. Right. Doesn't want her to leave. Tries to like trap her in the house. He just lost his kid. He lost his wife earlier. This yeah. does not come across as showing emotion to me. This comes across as a drunk guy, uh, very incestuously touching her. Yes, like it, pushing her up against the door. I was like, almost thinking that his, his hands were touching her tits and shit. Like this is the night. This is the night he's been getting drunk every night in preparation for. And now Rick's yeah. finally like, you out of the just picture. Like your mother. <laughs> you remind me so much of your mom. Now yeah. without Rick here, uh-huh. <laughs> it's so lonely. <laughs> But yeah, I thought he was going to take this opportunity to like admit everything to her, to be like, listen, I know who Freddy Krueger is, stop fucking around, he's super dangerous, we killed him once, I know he's a monster, like, but nothing, he just like just kind of mumbles a bunch of drunk shit, and then she just like, you assume she agrees to stay home for a little while. She does, she's like, I already lost Rick and your mom's like, I can't lose you, we're all we have left, and she's like, okay, you kind of seem concerned, and you're still drunk, so I'll chill out and go to my room. Mm-hmm, so right. she goes back upstairs. Officially, or... Consequently, standing up Rick, who was waiting at the diner. Dan. Not, I mean, Dan, Dan, who was waiting at the diner for Alice to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Now over to Debbie. And this is the only scene that I remembered from this movie from watching it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Is Debbie's bench press, Kafka-esque, mm-hmm. metamorphosis. You know, to myself? you know what I said to myself when I watched this scene? <laughs> I said, this is going to be their favorite. This is the one. Oh, I'm not sure about that. This is just the one I remember from when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it's so bizarre. It is. Is there another kill that could possibly top this one? This is ridiculous. I don't know. Is... It, it is so outrageous, though, because she's just it bench is. pressing. Freddy pops up. Oh, no, no, wait. Well, we're skipping over a whole yeah, yeah, cool yeah. scene between Alice and Freddy. So, yes. like, Alice is asleep, and now she's in a movie theater, and two movies playing her Lost Burning Youth and Reefer Madness for some reason. Um, and so Alice is watching a movie. She gets sucked into the screen. So in the movie, it shows the uh, the Craven Diner, right? But it's all abandoned. Yeah, it's like up. an apocalyptic Craven. And she meets herself, like what thirty years older, probably. Mm, yeah, she meets the old version of herself. Much her older. biggest fear, which is getting stuck as a waitress in a small town for the rest Forever. of her life, right? The sucked into the theater screen thing that was actually done fairly well. Yeah, I thought so. Kind of amazed some people in the eighties. Yeah, and there was a good scene where she looks back and she sees herself sleeping in the chair. Yep. And, and she also sees all of her friends that Freddie has killed. They all applaud. And they applaud in that she's made it into the big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's so confused and she turns around and walks to the diner. Yep. <laughs> Seems and like the logical thing to do. <laughs> and 
Out. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So there's Freddy shows up. Right. A pizza comes out. Mm. Yep. Soul pizza. Soul, Soul pizza. pizza. Soul food. Soul food. And he eats a meatball. Shaped like Rick's face. Shaped like yeah. Rick's face. Stabs. That's a good Just, little stab head stabbing scene. Yeah. It's gross. It is yes. gross. Stabbing, the peeling it away from the pizza, mm-hmm. the putting it in his mouth, all of it is disgusting. He does get it the yeah. first time, he's got to push it in. Exactly. He's got to use the little blade to get it extra in, and it kind of squishes out the hole in the ooze. back. Some uh-huh. ooze came out when yep. he pulled his, yeah. his knife out the first yep. time. A little ooze came out, and he pushes in, it kind of squeezes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it just oozes all over the place. My. He's got, oh, it's just disgusting. And he wants Alice to bring him more. Yep. More fresh meat. And, and then Alice just looks over, and here we have Deb in her garage. Yep, gives just, up Debbie just, right away. Just immediately. It's like, just like she was thinking about her. They were already thinking about going over there later that night. And so she's like, who's the first person I could think of? Not Dan, not that Dan. That cunt Debbie who tried to steal Dan from me. Yeah, <laughs> That's what she was her. thinking. Oh, And so we've now got Freddy's Deb like, expressing in the garage. Um, and... Alice immediately like runs out and it turns into some like groundhog day scenario just like the tricycle falling down the stairs earlier repeatedly now we're stuck in this loop of Alice and Dan like needing to get to Deb in her garage yep right and she's driving move over yeah they get in the yeah, car yeah. she drives she drives and right. he says, I'm there for you, and I care about you, and I want to help with the situation. And they get there. and So sure, you crazy runs. bitch, drive my nice truck. <laughs> yeah. So then he's like, I'm there for you. I want to help you in the situation. They get to the house. She jumps out and runs to the house, and Dan stays in the car. Yeah. He's yep. gonna help I'm there him. for you He's going to help here. from in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know if you need anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got Deb lifting 45 pounds and sees the reflection. We see the reflection of Freddie in one of the weights. Freddie comes up behind her to spot her and starts pushing the the bench, the, the weight down on her. And her response is, I don't believe in you. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe in you. See? He's a but motivator. I'm, He's a motivator. But I'm, but I'm pushing against you hard enough to snap my own elbows. Yep. Yeah. yep. And they snap open. And out of those grotesque snapping open elbow wounds shoots some insect arms. Well, they snap open and then they flop down. Yep. She sits up and they flop down and on the inside of her elbow, mm-hmm. the arms start to come out. Yeah, and you see her human arms like on the floor. Because after her arms turn into insect arms, she's terrified, right? Her shoulders are all destroyed and her like upper back is all mangled. She's got these slimy articulated segments coming out of her arms. And she just runs down the hallway and... um. This is when she gets stuck in in, in a glue trap in a glue in a, trap in a right? roach motel. She falls on her knees, gets it face first, face oh, first, yeah. just gross. Yeah. And then the sticky stuff pulls her face off. Yes, and she literally pulls herself out of her own skin. Her upper torso is all roach now. The camera pans back to Freddy, like peeking That's... into the little roach motel. Yep. Right. Love and the concern. Crushes it. Oh, on the just, roach's face. Just crushes all of it, and just all the goopy shit just comes out. There's a lot of goopy shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, and as soon as Debbie dies, Alice feels it, and she's driving, and she goes, "She lets go of the wheel," and she's like, "Ah." Oh. Yeah. Oh, I absorbed <laughs> her. Oh. And yeah. Dan's like, "What the hell? You let go of this wheel, and we are driving at high speeds." She takes control and he tries to figure out what's going on and she's like, Debbie's gone. I've absorbed her like the others. Mm-hmm. So this is where Alice actually is understanding what's happening when everyone dies and they're being fed into her 
so yep she's like i have debbie's bench pressing power now (laughs) yep (laughs) right and then she they see freddy krueger in the middle of the street and she goes to run over him. And that's a badass car crash effect that they pull off. Yeah, there. it was pretty, pretty good. Sweet. How the whole front of the truck like just sinks in like they hit an invisible pole or something. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome. That's I wasn't like, sure how they did that. I was thinking it was like they hit Freddy, but he was completely stealth. It seems like they out. hit Freddy invisibly, but then... They hit a tree. They wake up and they <laughs> hit a tree, which means they must have been sleep driving. Mm-hmm. Right. Sleep driving. Like sleepwalking, but you get in a vehicle. Also, they were sleeping at, at separate places, and they met up sleepwalking. Yes. And then they <laughs> drove to be together, so that when they actually hit the tree, they real life has together. happened, and they are together, and he has to go to the hospital, and she happens to be there. Yeah, here's a real hole, Nathan. Why aren't you all over this one? Um, I'm sorry. there's things going on in my life right now that are distracting me carry on Um, what what uh, what is the situation here well now we have dan injured in an ambulance and the guy tries to give him some drugs for the pain yeah yeah the the emt is trying to give him like a little bit of you know dope sedative something but he holds the syringe like a pen like he's holding it like a pen like he's gonna like make a little mark and find where the vein is like no that's not how it And she slaps it out of his hand. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm trying to save your boyfriend. And she's screaming about dreams and fucking boogeyman and shit. He must be just like totally whacked out. He does say, are you crazy? What are you doing this? And then she's like, oh, he's allergic. That's the reasoning for not giving him the sedative. And he says, oh, well, why didn't you say that in the first place? Yeah, no shit, bitch. Like, okay. Yeah. Tell, like, instead of going off on like dreams and boogeyman, tell me something medical. Yeah. Yes. Like, he duh. can't sleep. Yeah. He's allergic. So then she talks to Dan. She says, don't let him put you to sleep, even though she's there most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're in the hospital, and they're wheeling down the way, and she's like, runs ahead, and she talks to the doctor, and she says, how long till he goes into surgery? Because she immediately knows he needs surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she goes... Yeah, why does he need surgery? Instead <laughs> of saying he had a head wound, I was like, are they give him surgery in his brain? If he has a head wound, doesn't that mean that he has a possible concussion? And concussions aren't usually treated by induced coma. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And why the fuck would the doctor tell her it's 15 minutes until surgery? Like, she is not next of kin. She's nothing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, the doctor has no reason to say how much time she has until he, surgery starts. He's also, just... her dad is there. How did her dad get there? Why is her dad at the hospital? She and was he... in a car crash, too. Yeah, he must have given her a call or right. something. But yeah, the doctor should have put his hand in Alice's face and been like, yeah. fuck off. Just yeah, right. you're, you're nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and so she just immediately... Goes steals home. No, no, she, she steals her dad's car. Ste- right. Yeah. And goes home and she becomes, like, she starts dressing herself with bits and pieces of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's just taking, taking all on the, everyone's character. Just taking all the pictures down off the mirror. We've got montage music going on. Finally, <laughs> she's putting some tight clothes on. Nice. Yeah, right. Showing them. Right. Her slap, her goth slap bracelet <laughs> from Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> and we forget that. When she pulls up to her house, she does one of like the most obnoxious movie tropes of all time, which is she can't got- avoid hitting those two metal trash cans. <laughs> yeah, need those two extra feet. It'll help me get there faster. <laughs> oh God, that's just that's that one just bugs me. Like you could just stop. You could just stop. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she just starts wearing tokens of each each person that's died. You know, she's a total badass now. She's got the ultra high sound frequency thing just now on her stud metal belt oh it was her plan that she made in those 10 minutes when she was driving home because she said to dan before it's like don't let him put you to sleep we got to make a plan so that we can be ready for him 
So then she leaves, and on that 10-minute drive, she figures out her plan. She's got to get ready. Mm-hmm. So then she's got to put herself to sleep, and she's just got to go in there and kick some ass. That's right. We forget she's also she's downing herself up. Oh, yeah. Downing she's like, pills, yeah. Downing yeah. these pills real quick. Time to go to sleep. And when she stops, she goes, fucking A. And I can't tell if she's just respectfully, like, tilting her hat to Kincaid, or if she's implying that Kincaid's personality and powers are absorbed into her as well. Could be. Because they're not. That she hadn't acquired sense, that yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. She wasn't there for that, and but it might just be Kristen didn't have. Yeah, Kristen that ability, didn't have the ability. So. so. Yeah. So then she falls asleep, standing up, staring into the mirror. Apparently. As you do. <laughs> she right. do. She can. Up. Right. She's she's obviously passed out by this t- point. She can see Dan in surgery, being with with Freddy Krueger there. <laughs> and so yeah, she just karate kicks through the mirror. Very right, weird. Right into the operating perfectly room. like penciled horizontal kick through the very weird looking yeah it was good she goes in there Kruger is gone and Dan is screaming for help he's like help me and she's like I saw him and she's like I know that's why I'm here (laughs) (laughs) she helps him take off all the wires like we gotta get out of this place they go through a door and they're in a different place they're in the nightmare carnival tube yeah nightmare carnival tube together and Mm -hmm. Freddy's like spinning them around yep and <laughs> they fall through the stained glass window into a church. Yep. Right? Where and Dan then from gets there, Dan just fades out. Well, Dan has been, I guess, some of the piece of glass has gotten into his... Was he stabbed? Yeah, like, he, he starts, starts hemorrhaging. Bleeding. Yeah, he's hemorrhaging in real life, so the doctors have to bring him out of anesthesia. Yeah. And he says, it's too late for me, and then he starts fading, fading, yep. fading. So okay. he's no longer in the scenario, because the doctors are like, we saved your life. Pretty convenient way to get Dan out of the picture. Yeah, and they pretty much did save his life. And she's like, wait, you gotta put me back under right now. <laughs> we get a little bit of Freddy's nursery rhyme, which lets us know that Freddy's close. He bursts into the church. Welcome to Wonderland, Alice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, White Girl Karate. And man, Freddie's just laughing it off, just mm. having a good time. She hits him over and over so many times. She hits him three or four dozen times. He laughs away every hit. Uh-huh. They uh, go up on the top of the pews and have like a weird like John Woo sort of battle where they're balancing on the pews yeah. and fighting each other. Oh, it seems of. like they end up on a platform there because at first they're kind of hopping around on the pews, but when they actually start fighting, they're pretty much right next to each other and they move only a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, looks like they doubled on a platform there. <laughs> And to stand up on the great line to to that Freddie has to just like discredit Alice, you know, is, you've got their power, but I've got their souls. Mm-hmm. I love right? that. Such a it's pretty pretty good line for Freddie. Mm-hmm. You, I have the real shit. And hey, she does one last little karate kick the on crane him. kick, bonsai. You know, yeah, she her. she does a crane kick and bonsai in remembrance day of the great Rick. <laughs> hey, don't be disrespectful. <laughs> bonsai but he also leads in and like validates that speech or that lecture in her in their history slash philosophy class where he leans in and he's like i've been guarding my gate for a long time bitch yep he does say that yep which so is that- kind of scary the way he says it and i think it's the first time he says bitch this is the first bitch in, I in this movie. movie yeah it's his favorite word i don't know i put a bunch of them in there myself so yeah. i guess <laughs> <laughs> just add lines to freddie's like ah da da Bitch. They're like just throwing shit in. It's like <sighs> he's a, he's a gate guarding demon now. There's power transferability. 
this is like a sequel to a video game, you know, where the where the upgrades would be welcomed by a video game player, but to an audience member watching a movie, it's ridiculous and unnecessary. Yep, but this is your favorite part. It's coming up next. Alice pulls out her bug ray. That's right. Grabs yeah, a piece of wire from the wall, activates from the wall. it. How does she? <laughs> Just, just grabs it out of the wall and plugs it into some plug this thing has. That's, just, that's not how it works. Just rubs Definitely wires not. against the back of it. Nothing special. Just shoves it in there. Goes right in there. That's how it's supposed to be. I don't really understand, you know, like, what the hell are these, like, high electricity carrying cables doing in this church? <laughs> how are they so easily torn away from a wall? And then she's holding this high sound wave frequency device that I'm assuming is made of metal, yep. and shoves the cables into the back of it without shocking herself. I don't... Which apparently hyper-activates the device, because it doesn't just give out a high-pitched sound. It, like, blows a cone-shaped laser beam it's th- a, through Freddy's chest, blowing a hole out the other side. Blue wave of death, like, so right through. You see his beating you know, heart. You know what's funny is that I didn't even... I, wasn't, I was, like, half paying attention when the nerdy girl... <laughs> explained what that thing was <laughs> so i didn't even know what it was <laughs> or what it did you're like what so is this ghostbuster went, thing yeah yeah, yeah when, when she went to go plug it in and shoot it i was like oh sh-. <laughs> <laughs> i hope they explained that well because in the podcast i'm gonna find out what that thing fucking really is <laughs> it's just supposed to be high frequency sound waves yeah, it for still bugs. makes makes no sense and completely inconsequential it does totally mm-hmm. nothing totally nothing yeah. Freddy waves his arms, and the hole is gone. And says, I am eternal. Yeah, I am eternal. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The thing is fucking worthless. All it does is show that Freddy has a beating heart. That's all it does. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't come into play at all. Right. He kind of throws her to the ground. Then she remembers the entire Dream Master rhyme. Well, then the kids start singing it. The little creepy girls girls. in their dresses up on the... Balcony or something, like and part she of looks a choir at them. Or something. Yeah, and she looks up at them, and they start the Dream Master mm-hmm. rhyme, which goes. Now I lay me down to sleep, the master of dreams, my soul I'll keep. In the reflection of my mind's eye, evil will see itself, and it shall die. Yeah, she remembers the last two lines, which which means he should have died in number two, when he possessed Jesse, and Jesse looked at himself in the mirror. Yes, but I'm not pulling. I'm not pulling. No, no, you're well, this right. This was like some. It wasn't even a mirror. It was like piece of the stained glass yeah no 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 no. in part number two he does catch a total reflection of himself in the mirror also in part three there's an entire scene where he's in like 80 mirrors yeah, he's in all yep. the mirrors. looking at himself oh, a yeah? bunch of different times oh yeah the mirrors in the hallway <laughs> that's the difference this is bullshit this isn't a mirror <laughs> it's not a mirror she uses she uses the stained glass from the church maybe oh, right it's maybe it has to be a mirror. holy mirror yeah, it's a holy mirror exactly it's i was gonna get to that you guys beat me there <laughs> We pieced that together before you could get to it. You piece it together, which means it is a fine explanation. That's what that means. <laughs> okay, whatever. Right, Holy this, mirror. Okay, this is ground. over. He's so, he, evil. Evil can't see itself. He he dies. Um, he dies spectacularly. It is a great scene where yeah, no, the, the souls, souls come reach out. out their arms and the arms kind of like he gets defeated by the. By, by, by the own. souls within. Yes, yeah, the, the souls within tear him apart. This is where we get our second set of miniature oh, boobies. <laughs> There's some black woman inside of his belly rubbing her tits all over the yeah, inside it, of the thin boobs. film. There's a nipple. Mm-hmm. I, boob I, miss, I missed the boobs. I missed that. They showed them twice. Kind of. I don't really want to count that. Okay, so do we really need to do the, uh, the denouement here, or can we just roll the credits and run the stack? Uh, he just says, uh, rotten hell, all the souls are released, like actually released. Like the yeah. souls actually rest come out hell. of his body. Go out the window. Or rest in hell, sorry, yeah. Rest in hell. 
but it's badass when all the arms are holding him against the wall and then at the very end the arms like pull his jaw off of his face and they all come shooting out of his head i like when the one the arm shoots out of his head to grab oh he's got that stretchy thing to like Mm -hmm. keep him there because all the arms grab out and they keep him trapped there yeah he's jerking trying to like pull away and they keep pulling him back that was great i thought that's where most of the budget went yeah uh okay take us out john where what's next uh let's see after that rest in hell she kicks the glove down the steps uh we see the positive Dreamgate door at least that's what i picture it like the big door to the church how it has like all the white light and everything behind it i'm saying uh, that that's the positive dream gate door oh uh, okay nice right? i can piece that together and so yeah, it's a good thing i talked to you guys about these about these movies otherwise i wouldn't have any fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> I, I learned some shit too <laughs> and so she just walks through the positive dream gate door and then we pan over to alice and dan together apparently they're dating now oh yeah and they come up to this huge fucking fountain which i didn't realize how big it was until the whole camera pans away but it's massive yeah it's mm-hmm. big. you know they're having their little romantic talk blah blah blah. Um, make a wish make a wish dan flips a coin in alice sees freddie's reflection in the water right freaks her the fuck out for a split second dan the wants water to know ripples, what it, it goes water, away right dan wants to know what she was wishing about well i can't tell you or it wouldn't come true. And then doom, 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 the doom, doom, best doom. music ever. <laughs> oh my goodness. The credits roll and phenomenal music. And Daniel pointed this out to me. It wasn't the first song in the credits, but the second song in the credits that made this entire movie totally worthwhile. There's a Freddy Krueger rap. <laughs> How does it stack? How does it stack? Sex? None. 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 No, no sex. sex. Even in the daydream, they just show a naked girl, but they don't interact or touch at all. Uh-uh. Nope, there's a layer of waterbed between them. You oh, get underwater a... boobies just like in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. The only boobies you get are also underwater. We're back to the one set of tits per movie limit mm-hmm. that I would never have guessed before going back through these movies. No. I thought I, there was tits all over the place. Exactly, yeah. I thought that there was just sex, 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 death, sex, death, 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 sex, sex, death, sex, death. Right. No. We like already established concept. that Friday the 13th is the sex one, and Nightmare on Elm Street is the boobs one. Mm-hmm. But you guys... This shouldn't, be a, this shouldn't be a surprise. Tropes? Are we going to do tropes this time? Should we do something this else? This potentially gives birth to the black person dying first trope, because mm-hmm. I have yet to see it except in this movie. That's true. Sheila gets knocked off... She's the first of the victims from this movie's plot. Mm-hmm. Right. And the first person to die is Cool Breeze in, right. in the movie. Right. He's a survivor, though. I don't really want to count him towards the trope. He's a survivor. I mean, he's if, the first one in this movie. If, you have if, to talk about this movie. Yeah, I, I'm with Nate. the first death period mm-hmm. per the movie. First count death the death. in the movie. Because you count the death, and it is the first death per movie. I disagree. If he was a new character and he got knocked off first, maybe. It's not shocking to anyone. 
He's a survivor from the first one. I disagree. <laughs> and, I mean, as far as either way, the tropes there. He's a survivor from the first one. I disagree. As far as okay. tropes go, you've got people tripping all over the place for no reason. Like mm-hmm. Cool Breeze, before he dies, he trips for some reason. You've got hitting the trash cans, pulling into the driveway, hitting mm-hmm. the trash cans. You've got Kristen closing her locker with the two guys right there for like some stupid scare effect. Yep. Which part three really didn't have any tropes, mm-hmm. right? And they decided to just buck that trend and, and throw some in there. Yeah, there's a, there's a handful in here. It's still not nearly as you know. Oh, it's on, not Friday the on 13th. the nose obvious as Friday the Thirteenth. So. Yeah. Creative kills. The bug and Freddy's death. The rest of them are. Oh, I know, sucking the life out of Sheila. I like that scene. There's some yeah. creative deaths in this, for sure. So let, 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 let's lift them off. We've got six total, right? The body count is six? Yep. Mm-hmm. The boring ones are the are the Dream Warrior deaths. That's true. They get yeah. knocked off. That's just checking the list off for Freddy. He's not there to wow anybody with those. Well, I like Chris, mm-hmm. uh, Kristen. Yeah, he throws her in the fire. Yeah, Kristen gets and thrown there, in the furnace. There is a scene where she kind of pops up in the furnace, and they show her burnt, and then they show that scene later when Rick... She's in the mirror. She's also burnt. When she's mocking him, mm-hmm. she's like, <laughs> like a like a witch being burned at yeah, the stake. Yeah, she's all right. bubbly and her skin's yeah, all her like witching powers, oils and burn. powers. I mean, Cool Breeze's death was nothing. That was just, just a stab like, in the chest or the stomach. The chest. Uh, Joey's death was similarly nothing. Trapped, yeah, they didn't really trapped show in a waterbed is is interesting. It's not showing him dead yeah. was a good scene, but they didn't actually show him die. That's him true. Be yeah. killed. And then, yeah, so then Kristen... Kristen, uh, Kristen getting alive. thrown into the boiler. Um, Sheila. New set, new set of friends. Black person first, Sheila. Yep. And uh, Sucking the life out of her. Like, de- deflating her entire body. Mm-hmm. Yep. And her eyes looking all gross at the end. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was creative. And then maybe the worst death in the entire movie after that was the in- invisible Freddy with the glove shooting across a room, across a dojo mm-hmm. to kill Rick. I was just... I was just happy he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was more of a relief than anything. No, yeah, I... I was like, oh, thank God he's gone. During that invisible fight scene, the first time I watched it, I was thinking about doing the podcast and having to bring it up around Nate, and I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, shaking my head, like, don't do it to me. Don't. I gotta say, that's you mean me. having to defend it? Oh, yeah, because it's funny. You shouldn't. It's you should just agree with no, me. It's, it is god-awful. That should be it is, it is god-awful. That's why it's good, because it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, brings, it brings us together, you know? We get to agree. And then after that super awesome scene of American cinema, we have Deb turning into the roach yep. and getting crushed. And getting mm-hmm. crushed inside of a roach motel. Mm-hmm. Which is awkward and weird. It, it it might win the award if Freddy's death wasn't so amazing, mm-hmm. but it's... Can we it, count it, Freddy's just, death? I don't know if we ever can. Please. I say as far as I, creative deaths, it should count because, you know, he's dying. It's not you a, see it. But he not, doesn't ever actually die. But mm-hmm. the actual physical killing part of it, you know, he's being ripped apart by it is, arms coming out of him. But I think all we can do is just respect it as a badass special effects scene. Definitely. And we can't... I don't think we can count it on the body count. I mean, I, I don't have Freddy in my body count because Freddy never dies, right? He's so, eternal. He says it. He is eternal. So I I would say if we could count that, that would be my favorite. But since we can't, uh, well, why don't we why don't we add rules like like Nightmare on Elm Street adds rules? <laughs> we can just make it count, just for the sake of how cool it is. What do you guys say? Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? All right, I gotta pee. You guys carry this on. 
so, the host has to pee? Wait a minute, the host is gone. <laughs> yeah. We should punish him with like three minutes of silence. You want to do He's that? He's just going to edit it out later anyway. <laughs> Hold on. So, Let's just talk about the it then. Hold on, let's sit here for like... Are you guys seriously... Are you seriously gonna defend this punking piece of garbage are you really gonna do that to me you're you're not gonna help me at all do you understand how difficult my position is i don't think you i don't think you respect what i'm trying to do i think you should turn to the dark side (laughs) no it's too easy because jasmine's gonna stay on daniel's side and back him right i also like the movie Okay. So yes. Fair enough. I'm pretty gullible <laughs> on movies, so I'm pretty easy. I like movies. They gotta be really bad for me to not like them. Okay. Jonathan, you have to turn to the dark side. <laughs> you do. I, you I have think... to see how terrible this movie. No. Is. no way that no way on your notepad <laughs> that you took notes for this movie that, that anything you said about this movie was possible. Dude, do, no do, do you understand how many times I wrote the word awesome and put like stars around it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. There. I, right. I wrote the word spectacular five different times and underlined it. <laughs> Should have wrote scandalous. <laughs> oh, our host is back. Welcome to my world. It's a franchise now. It's a vehicle that makes money. It doesn't matter what we do. Everything we do is gold. Let's suck each other's dicks and show up in, in cameos. Waiting just for you. Welcome to my world. That was my fast running sound.